Hey folks, Eric Levine from Two Cops, One Donut. Want something better than Ring, Arlo, Ring, or any of the other quick launch home security systems? I've been having trouble with my Ring products. They don't read license plates on moving vehicles, the link doesn't connect fast enough to my phone, and I'm tired of getting notifications only to see like a glimpse of something that set it off. I was reached by a veteran-owned business called Agent Security. The owner, the staff, all veterans or former cops, they're Kind of like the Chick-fil-A of customer service when it comes to security. They have a system that does everything companies like Ring do and more. They have pivoting cameras that track day or night. They can also read license plates and catch high-definition details that will lead police more effectively to catching the offender. Their mission is providing the best home security systems to their customer. All you have to do is start the conversation to protect our most valuable assets, our families. They listen to your needs and come up with perfect customized security solutions to protect what matters to you most. You can contact them by phone at 713-962-3558 or email info at agentsecurity.com or visit their website, agentsecurity.com. That's A-G-E-I-N-T-S-E-C-U-R-I-T-Y.com. They serve the greater Houston area, North Texas, and more. Be sure to tell them that Eric Levine from Two Cops, One Donut sent you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Impact Tactical. Impact is a tactical outfitter for the men and women of our military, police, fire departments, and other public safety around the country. Impact's core beliefs is that fearless men and women protect our freedom and safety should have access to the best tactical performance apparel, equipment, and tools on the market. And they shouldn't have to go broke to get it. I've used Impact for about 11 years, and I can attest that they do live up to their core values. So you get a personal recommendation from me. You can find them at impacttactical.com. That's M-P-A-K tactical.com. And be sure to tell them that Two Cops, One Donut sent you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HRH Combat Arms. They can turn your vision into reality. They specialize in gunsmithing and Cerakoting. Your Cerakote specialist is Air Force veteran and retired police sergeant Paul Ware, a.k.a. the Sarge. He can Cerakote your firearms, auto parts, tools, even your sports equipment. This veteran-owned business is located at 5025 Saunders Suite, 103, Fort Worth, Texas, 76119. You can call them at 682-304-0363, and you can find them online at www.hrhcombatarms.com. That's www.hrhcombatarms.com. So if you guys are just tuning in, I keep seeing the numbers going up. People are coming on. Uh, Two Cops, One Donut. That's my podcast. This is Austin from the Muster Room podcast. Um, we are basically trying to do a little collab and do our first. This is my first ever live uh, when it comes to the actual podcast. We're going to actually do a full on podcast on here. My style of podcast on Two Cops, One Donut is long form discussion. Uh, it's about humanizing, bridging the gap. I'm trying to bring law enforcement, basically everybody involved in the criminal justice side of things and bring them closer to the community. But we don't stop there. We also um, try to get people on the other side that maybe be a little anti-law enforcement, anti-government, whatever it is, and bring them on, hear why they feel the way they do. And we try to solve things that way. I had a guest, Aaron Dyson. Um, if you check out our YouTube channel, it's one of my favorite episodes. I keep that one pinned to the top just because it's my favorite one. But he was wrongly convicted of a crime for 24 years um, out of a 53-year sentence. And he was 
obviously freed and he come on tell his story and talked all about um him uh and the corrupt uh COs that he had to correction officers that he had to deal with um some were great i mean he just went down the whole rigmarole and he also goes on to explain that um he he did commit a crime he fully owned up to that he did commit a crime but at the same time the system was broken and it and it, it screwed him over um so if you're joining us if you're jumping on this two things that i love to do on my podcast sip some bourbon and swear so if those are two things that offend you this may not be the place for you um i don't curse like a sailor necessarily but f-bombs will slip and all that good stuff i if you're okay with that austin i don't give a fuck <laughs> that's what i'm talking about yeah. um, all right so i got you live on my personal page and now we're about to go live on the law enforcement weekend page so just give me one okay more that'll work hey ain't no thing uh let me let me get my um get that out of the way there for a little bit two of my favorite things what cursing and bourbon that's what i'm talking about <laughs> um for those uh oh we got Traffic services, Toronto Police. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, what's up, Toronto? Uh, yeah, those are my people. Uh, I'm an honorary Southern Canadian, being born and raised in Michigan. Wow, yeah, so, you're close. Yeah, I was used to I was used to that cold winter, but now I'm down in Texas. I wised up. Uh, I wish I was in Texas. Yeah, especially so, during those New York winters. Oh, geez, yeah. People don't understand. The fat snow is what I call it. There's a difference between the snow and like Colorado and I was stationed in Montana. That's like a light dusting of snow. Like it, you may have six feet of snow, but you could use a leaf blower to get rid of it. Yeah. You get, yeah. you get four inches of snow in New York or in Michigan and that stuff weighs 5,000 pounds. Uh, Texas big show, big show. I'm going to say that's how that's pronounced. I am in uh, the DFW area. Um, part of my podcast, I don't mention where my agency is. I keep those separate, but, um, I am in the DFW area. Uh, I personally live in Arlington. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Texas, it's uh, sweltering one Oh two today. High of one Oh six, low of 81. That's not my kid. It's literally your daughter. I'm right outside your room. Oh, apparently she has a YouTube and her name is Lang Lang. So I guess that is my daughter. That's funny. All right. Yeah. So now you are live from my personal page, from the Law Enforcement Officers Weekend page, and the Muster Room Podcast Facebook page. So, oh, shit. Yeah. So let's, let's see. I don't know. I, <laughs> I can't see how many users you have in right now, but what are you up to? Yeah. Uh, right now, I'm just showing 11. All right. It's not bad. Uh, I'm showing 11. Um, but again, it's it's only registering my stuff probably so unless they jump in, well they yeah they would have to jump in through my page uh well they will in, so jump no, they in, will yeah. so yeah okay. so it'll be through your page we'll see if any any of mine end up showing up or maybe i can have all bots on my pages who knows yeah i might well, have any followers for all i know how much money did you put into advertisements <laughs> uh, too much <laughs> oh shoot yeah I, no, no, not i've much. just gone i've just gone by word of mouth so i want to try yeah, something real same, quick same. It does. Look at that. That's awesome. We can highlight yeah, and talk about really what cool. people say. This is sweet. It's funny when you learn new new uh, features of your own shit that you should already yeah, know. Yeah. 
but I, I don't do live very often. So one of the unique things that I do with my live is you got guys like uh, Donut Operator. Yep. You're familiar with Donut. So of course, yeah, everybody, everybody loves Donut. He's the man. I believe yeah. he's not in San Antonio. No. Donut, if you're fucking listening to this. Which we know you are. Podcast. Yeah. That, that would be sweet. Yeah. Get on my podcast. You <laughs> can on. actually drive to mine. So get on uh, in and then I, we'll fly you into ours. Hell yeah. I'll come up there. Um, so what I'll do that's kind of unique is I will do body cam videos, right? Yep. I'll do a breakdown of body cam videos, but instead of like Monday morning quarterbacking or anything like that, I will go through the body cam video and act as though I'm the officer taking the call. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, oh shoot. I just thought about this. I wasn't recording our audio, but now, <laughs> now I am. Well, we haven't, we haven't really uh, started yet. Right. So if, I, I guess, yeah, you know, technically we haven't it, started it. yet. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll jump into it. Um, do you, do we want to wait until we build up more people or, uh, I think people are just going to jump in throughout. So it's up to you. I mean, if you want to try to wait, uh, or we could just go, just go for it. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me cue that intro here, sir. So. So that smooth jazz band playing there is one of my buddies, personal friend of mine. He made that jam for me. Really? Played guitar his whole life. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. But yeah. But if you're just tuning in, you are tuning in to Two Cops, One Donut podcast. I am the host, Eric Levine. With me today, Austin Glickman from the Muster Room podcast. Playing the role of the donut. Playing the role of the donut. Yeah, that's cool. We can do that. Um, we were sitting there. We've been trying to make this podcast work for the last few days. We had some technical difficulties, mainly his technical difficulties. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'll take the blame for that. Big Show said, what's the band? I play music as well. Uh, it's not a band. It's just a friend of mine that I, actually he probably I think he is in a band. Um, but that's him. Just he made that rift for the show for me. So um Big shout out. I, I, I'll, I'll keep him uh, anonymous for right now. I'm hoping maybe he jumps on and goes, yeah, that was me. But uh, yeah, so he made that for me when I was getting the podcast started. But anywho, yeah, we, we, got, uh, we got Austin, one of those fancy blue Yeti mics. And I was like, hey, dude, audio quality is one of the important parts for this stuff. If you can get a you can get a mic, let's get a mic and let's do this proper because I want I want all the good attention to be brought to your podcast because you guys are just kicking off. So um, I, I share my platform with anybody and try to help out, help my followers become your followers. And yeah, we appreciate it. Shit. Certainly yeah, appreciate you'll, it. You'll find the podcast uh, family is what I like to call it. Man, everybody's so accommodating. Everybody likes to help out. So I've had nothing but good good vibes from everybody and just people trying to help you get, get started. That's so awesome. I continue, I share the love just as much, but well, we appreciate it. And we'll be sending people your way as well. I appreciate it, brother. So let's get to you now. Okay. So you're, uh, you're out of New York. Yep. You are currently an officer. Correct. An officer. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not going to specify your agency. If you choose to do that, we'll, no, we don't have to. I mean, we, we can give a little hint. It, it may or may not be the largest law enforcement agency in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people that I'm like I'm in the top I'm in the top twelve okay. uh, size so agencies. What's crazy about my agency is if you add the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth largest agencies in the country together, 
it's still not the, the numbers that we have here. Oh, my for agency. sure. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's um, pretty wild. Yeah, I would have to multiply mine by like 15, 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. Yeah, you guys have an insane amount of people. So I think we're uh, around 38,000 sworn law enforcement. Oh, so that's gone up 3,000 since the last time I heard. It's between 35 and 38. It fluctuates, you know, with new graduate with new classes coming in and retirements and yada yada. The, the height yeah. right after September 11th was 42,000. And now that's mm. not including civilian members. We have an additional yeah. like 20 to 25 civilian, uh, 20 to 25,000 civilians. Yeah. So together, it's about 50,000 plus. Damn, son, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you guys just be bumping into each other all the time. It's funny. People are like, "Oh, do you know so and so?" And I'm like, "No." And the chance of me knowing that person is so slim. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the 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 beginnings, okay? I want people to know who you are because we're trying to get them to go to your podcast. We're trying to get them to look at, you know, Elio Weekend and all of this stuff. Yes, sir. And I want them to understand the heart behind why you started all that stuff. So before we get to that, where are you originally from and what got you into law enforcement? Sure. So born and raised in Long Beach, New York which right. is a little, I call it little, it's got about 50,000 residents, but it's a little um, island right off of the coast of the South Shore of Long Island. Uh, we're only about less than 15 miles from New York City. If I were to turn around and if on a clear, clear you know, day, I'd be able to see the, uh, the Twin Towers right from you know, my windows. Uh, okay. So that's how close we are to New York City. We're a you know, 45, 50-minute train ride into, uh, into New York, and we have the Atlantic Ocean. So... Uh, it's only about a three mile long Island, uh, only about a quarter mile wide. So very, very short and stubby. Um, but it has 50,000 residents. So a lot of high rise buildings and, uh, yeah, born here, raised here, uh, and still live here currently, you know, went away to college, uh, got my undergrad in SUNY Cortland state university of New York in Cortland in uh, upstate New York. And, uh, at the time I was a volunteer firefighter. So I joined the volunteer fire department here in uh, on, in Long Beach at the age of eighteen, right after I graduated, well, right before I graduated college, uh, high school. And I was always, even when I was a little kid, I was infatuated with first responders, police, yeah. fire, EMS. If I saw a fire truck or a cop car driving down the street, I would insist that my parents would, would follow the the you know the car or the fire truck. Yeah. And if okay. they didn't, I would throw a tantrum. So. <laughs> Just being this little boy, I just always had, you know, the um, the biggest eyes when it came to just first responders, military. All I would do is when I was at home, I would play with my matchbox cars. I would set up the military, you know, men, you know, throughout the house. And I would create these big battle scenes just for whatever reason. That's what piqued my interest, like most little kids. But yeah. mine was yeah. definitely probably a lot more elevated than most. Okay. So as I got older and, uh, you know, I got into to high school – uh, there was this EMT program in my high school that a lot of my friends were taking. Uh, there was another uh, fire department that's a much smaller agency to our, our uh, west, um, or excuse me, east, that had a junior firefighter program that I had some friends in. Uh, so by the time we turned 18, they were already in the fire department. And I remember see, seeing them responding uh, to these emergency calls, whether it be a fire or an EMS call, and they had these blue lights in their cars flashing. That's what, in, in New York State, a blue light flashing is for a volunteer firefighter. And I was like, God, those guys are so fucking cool. I was like, I want to do that. So yeah. I remember uh, I, I, I got a bunch of my other friends that were also you know, uh, interested in joining. We all joined together. So a big group of us joined the volunteer fire department. And that 
that day, June 18th, 2028, 2008, was the day that changed my life forever. Once I actually became a volunteer firefighter, my interest, my love for service just skyrocketed. And it's been this roller coaster of a ride ever since. So fast forward to me going to college, SUNY Cortland, didn't have a car, of course, so I couldn't join the local volunteer fire department up there in New York State, excuse me, in, in upstate New York. Uh, but on campus, there was an EMS agency that was completely student-run, which is pretty unheard of. So you have all these college kids that are in charge of an ambulance agency on a college campus. I joined, and within a few years, I rose to the ranks. I ended up becoming chief of the EMS agency my junior year. Uh, we've run about four to 500 calls each year. A lot of them were drunks, rapes, assaults. And we became very close with the local law enforcement agencies that covered the campus. We had a state university police on campus, and many of them were pretty close in age to us. They had just graduated college themselves and became law enforcement officers. So we would respond to a lot of calls with them. They'd come and hang out with us that are in our bunk rooms. We played Xbox together. We made barbecues. And uh, it's honestly because of them that uh, really got me interested in becoming a police officer. So okay. graduated college. Uh, went on and got my master's degree in emergency and disaster management. Uh, worked oh, in New York City. Yeah, yeah. That's worked a good in New one York City. Yeah, it makes big money down the road. Yeah, yeah, definitely makes big money. So I worked in the private sector actually uh, for about a year and a half before uh, the call came to join the police academy. I was okay. working as an emergency manager for the Mount Sinai Health System in New York City, which is a major uh, health um, system. It has a lot of different hospitals throughout the uh, the Long Island, New York City area. And uh, we did a lot of emergency operation planning and uh, testing and scenarios. And uh, we actually had to activate a few times when we had some building collapses and so forth and so on. And then I got the phone call and I joined the police academy, the New York City Police Police Academy, July 9th, 2014. And Dang. here we are today. How large was your, your class? Uh, so my class was about 1,200 recruits. Oh which my <laughs> at the time it's actually pretty average. Um, that's not considered huge for the NYPD. That's actually a, a pretty average number of recruits. We've had uh, classes upwards of two thousand. So twelve hundred is pretty. pretty that's normal. how many applicants we typically have. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, in a, in a given batch, you know, like it, it is. It is hard to describe the magnitude of New York City and the amount of cops that are actually here. Yeah. It's not comparable anywhere else. It's um, no, it really yeah. isn't. Nope. Yeah. And so on top of that, you know, you, you got 1200, how many finished though? Uh, I want to say probably 300 or so probably dropped out by the end of the, uh, you okay. know, by, by graduation day. So not too many. Yeah. I want to say we probably graduated with about 900 to a thousand. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's not an overwhelmingly challenging academy. We're known – so the, the physicality, physicality for our department is not – how do I put this? Um, it's easier, but when it comes to academics, it's much harder compared to other uh, academies yeah. in the area. Yeah. Our patrol guide alone is almost 2,000 pages. Yeah. Then we have our administrative guides and everything else. It's a lot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean I could only imagine – in New York with the I'm just thinking of the codes, city codes, city Oh yeah, the ten codes city. and we oh, have codes shit. for everything. We have codes yeah. for everything. It's impossible to, to memorize it all. You know the, the you know the, the normal ones, right? Uh that, that oh, most for sure. I would know. But I mean we have all these especially now, they've added even more with all these juvenile codes with the 
I don't know if you guys have raised the age in Texas. It's probably much different where you guys are, but um, I don't want to get too much into politics, uh, but they, they yeah. recently raised the age for what is considered uh, an adult here in the state of New York. So with that, a lot of the what, what, what were once felonies or misdemeanors for, for, for you know, 16 or 17 or even 15-year-old kids, and they used to go to jail, no longer do. Now they get released back yeah. to their parents. It's a whole it's, – it's a mess, I'll be honest. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Even our top brass is saying how the entire thing with bail reform and raise the age has just been a complete mess, complete yeah. and utter failure, disaster. Um, so I, I feel comfortable saying that because they say it themselves. Yeah, but I don't mind change. I, I don't, you know, even if you think at the surface, you're like, this shit ain't going to work. Yeah. If you try something, I, I at least I'm down to try it. Even if I think it's not going to work, let's try it. But if it starts to fail, let's own up. Hey, this ain't working. We got to switch you know, it the, back. The problem is they never got feedback or, um, you know, they never reached out to law enforcement officials and said, hey, do you think this is going to work? They didn't care. They had an yeah. agenda and they went with it. You I know, gotcha. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to give some shout outs real quick because you and I are partaking. I am drinking America bourbon. Nice. Nice. <laughs> they are a uh, Patriot owned business um, okay. near, nearby. So uh, if I can support my local vets and all that stuff, I will. Uh, being one myself, sir. Uh, Thank oh. you for your service. Appreciate it. Uh, another thing, you're worth it. That's what I tell people. Oh, um, right? <laughs> Just start using that when you're on duty. Oh, you use it all the time. I, I like I, when we get off air, I'll tell you what I actually say at work because it's a play on words for where I work. Okay. I can't, if I say it, then it's going to – Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. It, gotcha. Folks, it's not hard to figure out where I work. It's very easy. But, again, I keep the podcast and that separate. So I don't get fired from my job. You know, Even though I don't think I'm saying anything bad, you just never know these days. So – uh, I don't want to get canned, but love where I'm at and uh, don't want to ruin that. <laughs> but uh, what are you drinking? You said something in a can. Yeah. So when you told me the other day that we were going to do this podcast and it's possibly up to two and a half hours and to, to grab something to drink. So yeah, I told buddy. you I'm not, a big, I'm not a big drinker, right? Which I'm not. Um, mm -hmm. So I went to the liquor store earlier today. I was walking my dog. Figured, Let me pop in. <laughs> and one of the first things I saw was this. Okay. And I said, what better thing to grab on a law enforcement podcast than this specific drink? So I'm going to show it to you. I haven't, I've never seen it before, but apparently these are starting to become pretty popular. But before I actually um, show it to you, I want to see if you could guess it. Okay? Okay. So being that you are a, a law enforcement officer, right? Yes, sir. You've probably done hundreds, if not thousands of car stops. Okay. You're, yeah, you're, yeah. Search, you're searching a vehicle or you're searching a person. And you find this telltale item in their car. Crown Royal bag. Boom. I didn't even have to <laughs> fucking say anything. I didn't have to say anything. I was going to give you a clue of saying it's purple. You didn't even need to give me one. I didn't That's have a to Crown even fucking say anything. Crown Royal bag, right? That's so a criminal's Crown, purse. Crown Royal bag for <laughs> whatever reason. I don't know where it started, but they used the Crown Royal bag to hot. They're not really hiding it, but they put yeah. their their drugs they put their guns whatever is illegal Everything. they put it in there it's yeah. it's 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 an illegal purse is essentially what it is right yes it is so <laughs> i thought it'd be really funny i've never had this in my life i've never drank crown royal before and, and no no disrespect to crown royal right they're listening which we, probably, we we know you are sponsor this podcast but i was like you know what let me get crown royal because it would be really funny so not only is it crown royal i found crown royal in a can and it's a whiskey cola. So there's Coke oh, in this shit. also. 
and it's 7% alcohol. So I think it's like probably like okay. a, a shot and a half or so. And it comes in these small little boxes. There are about four of them. Um, I was talking about this on the TikTok right before we jumped on here. And people were saying that they've had these before. And they, they recommend the Crown Royal Sour Apple ones. Oh, I didn't know that okay. either. So for the first time ever, I'm going to crack this open right here right now. Okay. Do some, oh, what is, it is it SM, SNM when like you do it next to like the microphone and people get like turned yeah, on? By oh, the- yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the ice, right? <laughs> so yep. I'm going to pour it in this now and I'm going to taste Crown Royal for the first time ever on this podcast. Dude, well, I like Crown. I like Crown. Now. I've never you, had it. I know you're not a you, – you don't drink much. Um, so for me, like bourbon right and ice. Do you hear that? Yeah. That sounds it. like – this is a commercial. This I is know. a Crown Royal commercial. You need to hold it up a little higher though. Oh, sorry. All right. I you guys yeah, yeah. This. Let people right. know. Let people right. know where that mason jar came from. It's so funny that other people in here are saying the same thing. Crown Royal, like you just know the Crown Royal bag is yeah. it, that's it. All right, here we go. So cheers, bud. All right, bro. Salud, sir. Oh, that's deadly. Oh, that's deadly. It's very sweet. Okay. Um, yeah, no, you can you can barely taste the uh the crown, which I guess that's the whole point, right? So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. By the, end, by the end of this uh, this podcast, I might be a little toasty. That's fine. I mean, oh yeah, no, this will be fun. Just, I'm, just I'm all serious. Any... Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, don't say anything that you'll regret later. <laughs> no, 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 no. I may take my shirt off. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, just as long as your gun belt's on and your boots, you're good. I have a funny thing to talk about that, but uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> that already sounds interesting. I'm looking. Uh, I'm just trying to follow along with the chat, make sure we don't miss anybody. I have a, a running joke with with f- family and friends and other cops. Uh, if I if I don't make it in law enforcement, um, I'm going to start an OnlyFans called Chubby Cops. And what it is, it's it's cops that are slightly overweight, where their 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 bellies hang over their gun belt just a little bit. And okay. All we wear are our gun belts and our patrol boots, and we <laughs> and we do and we do household chores. So it's it's not yeah. sexual, but we're naked. We're, we're our bellies yeah. hanging over the gun belt a little bit, and we're just yeah. cleaning the fan, or yeah. I'm doing the dishes, and that's right. it. I guarantee, yeah. I guarantee you, if I really or anybody would actually do that, you would make millions. Oh, for sure. There'll yeah. be so many, there's so many people that one they're attracted to 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 people. You know how many firefighters there are in the United States, right? They would buy it. Oh yeah, I mean. All the firefighters. Our, our, our number one fan base would, would be would be firefighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Firefighters would be all over it. 100%. I mean, and I, and I used who, to be a volunteer, so I can say that. Who wants you know their calendar where you can wash your dishes on their abs? Nobody. Boring. Nobody. Everybody's I can, I can hide dishes in between my man boobs. That's what you want, right? Or yeah. snacks. Snacks. Like, yeah. Girl, you hungry? And then you just lift up your movie and yeah, and a crown roll yeah. bag pops out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in a lot of states now, the the CBD and all that stuff's legal. So legal, yes, yeah, decriminalized here in New York. Which oh, I, you know, and I'll be honest, I'm um, yeah. So doesn't mean it's legal. So technically, you can't just really smoke it on the street, even though everyone does. So my family is very, um, they're very left. I'm 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 the uh, I'm the problem child in, in the family, as you know. I'm clearly I'm way more conservative than than most of them. Yeah. Uh, only cop in my family, and uh, I was going to ask you that: Is there anybody else? Yeah, oh no. First so I'm the only first first, first 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 responder in my family. First cop. Um, be, also being Jewish, they were like, you know, my my grandma. She was like, no Jews are cops, you know. So like, it's 
it's uh, <laughs> it was funny, but um, you know, they knew that I, I just had this passion for it since I was little, so they never they really just didn't bust my chops about it. But yeah, just going back going back to marijuana, I um, I actually supported it being somewhat legalized, maybe not the way it is right now, but I think it has a lot of health benefits. Okay. My sister, my sister has Lyme disease and um, it's, it's debilitating and she's tried all these different, um, you know, over the counter drugs or prescription drugs and nothing, nothing oh. tends to help her. And uh, she started using uh, CBD and um, THC oil um, and it has changed her life. She's able to move. She's able to eat. She, uh, she's a whole new person. She actually lost a lot of weight, healthy weight. Um, okay. It's, I mean, it is, it has helped her significantly. So I think, you know, marijuana definitely has its benefits. It also has its downfalls, which are significant downfalls, which leads to a hell of a lot more things that, you know, we as law enforcement certainly know about. Um, yeah. So I think it just has to be regulated in, in you know, a certain way, but that's for a whole other d- different, you know, topic yeah. Of discussion. Yeah. That was it. My big thing with it that's hard for me, especially down in Texas, is knowing that it's legal in so many states. Yeah. And then you still got to enforce it here. And even that, you know, prosecutors and stuff are like, eh, if it's not over two pounds, we don't really care. Yeah, they're not, they're not really like, enforcing it If you're going to be this wishy-washy guys, let's just, let's just nix it. Like, I'm surprised you know. with the current administration that they haven't just federally, um, you know, legalized it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, oh, well, you know, eventually it's going to happen. Oh yeah. I, I think you're, I think you're right on that. Yeah. But um, all right, sir, let's uh, get into your, your career here. Okay. So you become, you become uh, the fuzz, the popo, uh, a pig F 12, whatever you want to say, five Oh, uh, you decide to do that shit. Now you get in what, uh, what's your career, your career path looking like. So, uh, graduate the Academy. My first day on the job was new year's Eve. Hell yeah. What's that ball drop? So that actually, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, I'll tell you one thing. You don't hear any gunshots, uh, not in Times Square at least. So traditionally with, with New York, uh, now it's different because we have, we have four academy classes that go on each year. But it used to be only two a year. Uh, so you would either graduate the day before New Year's or the day before July 4th purposely. And your first day on the job would be at the detail with millions of people surrounding you either in the middle of Times Square or uh, on the East River for the Macy's 4th of July fireworks. Okay. So my first day was uh, December 31st, uh, 2014, as a full-fledged police officer standing in the middle of Times Square with, you know, whatever. It was like, you know, over a million people. Yeah. And I remember just being out there and being like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I, I can't believe this is real. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like out of a movie, you know, you're walking around and there's so, there was so much love in the air. You have to remember this is before the, the FT, this is for the, the, before BLM, before the defund movement, um, before COVID. So there was still a significant amount of appreciation and love for law enforcement. And you're walking through these just massive crowds of people and it's your first day on the job and there's fireworks going off and there's balloons and party hats and you have all these celebrities on these stages surrounding you and you're walking around and you could do whatever the fuck you want because you're the police <laughs> and you're like a day ago i was on the other side of the barrier today i'm yeah. i'm the fucking shit you feel like yeah. you're the shit and yeah. it was this really empowering moment. And, and I don't I don't mean empowering like we were abusing our powers. Don't get me wrong. We weren't. We were doing what we were supposed to do, right? We're, but 
there's so you many have access. You have, you have access, access to places to that you never you would have had before. Right. And yeah. there's trust and all this, you know, you know, there's so many of us there too. There's thousands and thousands of us in Times Square and it's the safest place you could be during Times Square any time of the year when there's, I mean, again, I don't want to get into the uh, tactics or like, you know, I don't want to get too, too much into like what we do to prepare. Yeah. But I yeah, can yeah. promise you that Times Square on New Year's Eve is the safest place in the country. Yeah. The, the equipment that we have that I won't talk about is mm-hmm. astonishing. But things that are out of movies, you're like, ah, that's only in a movie. No, we really have that stuff. Yeah. That is real. It is, it is wild. I'll leave it yeah. at that. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's awesome. It was, it was, it was, it was great. Um, and that was probably one of the, the proudest, funnest days of my career. Uh, but it quickly changed. So we'll get into that, the, how it changed. But so I was assigned to the 30th precinct in Harlem. Um, it's Spanish Harlem. It's, uh, it's, it is currently gentrifying, but at the time it was still uh, predominantly black and Hispanic, uh, okay. Dominican, a lot of Dominican, um, Puerto Rican and a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, Haitian and Jamaican and again, it's New York city. So you have these clash of cultures, you know, you turn the corner and there's different religions, races, ethnicities, everything. Um, it wasn't by far the busiest command. Um, it was only about, oh, I'm saying as it's past tense, it's still there. Right. So the 30th precinct yeah. is about, uh, about a mile long, it's very small, uh, maybe about a half mile wide. Uh, and it has, I think, a population of like eighty thousand people. It's it's a lot. It's packed, people, right? In yeah. a very small, you know, so it's mostly all high rises, a few brownstones. Uh, some blocks were absolutely gorgeous. They shot a lot of movies there, um, but most of it was 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 all high rise buildings. We have you know some uh, New York City housing buildings, um, and uh, we were notorious for the thirtieth precinct. Used to be the drug corridor of uh, all of New York City. You have access to all the major highways. Uh, you also have access to the George Washington Bridge. Uh, you have the Hudson River right there. Uh, you have the East River very close by. Uh, so it was a drug highway, drug corridor. And it still is okay. till this day. A lot of uh, drugs being you know, sent through you know, that area. Uh, it's also it was, it was known to have a high volume of what we call EDPs, emotionally disturbed persons. Um, a lot of uh, SROs, single room occupancy buildings. So there would be uh, a lot of people who have you know, mental disorders or we had a lot of aid build- AIDS buildings. So they had... Uh, you know, sometimes sexually transmitted disease. They were also homeless or poor, so they'd be put in these these rooms. Um, and then we just had a lot of violence because of the drugs. You know, we had a lot of uh, a lot of shootings, a lot of stabbings, especially in the, in the Hispanic culture. Uh, they tend to it seems like a stabbing is more of a thing as opposed to shooting. Um, that's kind of changed. Shootings are have skidded now, not just in New York, but throughout you know the country. Um, yeah. So it, it, it was busy, uh, but at times it would it would be slow. So we, we would learn a lot. And uh, I spent my first uh, like six, six and a half years in the 30th precinct of the NYPD. And, I, and probably the, the, the best time of my career so far. And again, I've only had eight years on, so I don't have a lot to compare okay. it to. But uh, just the camaraderie, the, the bosses that I worked for, the sergeants, lieutenants, the captains, the deputy inspectors, they were all just great people. Uh, it, was, yeah. it was pretty, pretty close-knit. You know, we, we hung out on, on our days off and uh, just had a real fun time. It was, it was all great. patrol, just straight patrol. No, 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 no. So I did patrol for my first like three and a half years. Uh, then I had the opportunity to join with what we had called the conditions team. Essentially, uh, we would work specific hours that um, there would be crime, uh, mostly uh, quality of life conditions. 
Um, so you'd okay. have your drinking, your smoking, your loud music. Uh, you know, we would address those things. So think of it this way. We were the broken windows theory police. Do you know what I mean by that? Yes. The broken windows theory. So for those of you who don't know what the broken yes. windows theory is, um, essentially what it means is if you don't take care of low-level crimes such as graffiti, broken windows, car alarms going off, loud music, it leads to higher-level crimes because the community realizes that, well, the police don't care about this and they're, they're not going to care about that and uh, they're yeah. not showing face. So essentially we, we were enforcing as the conditions team low-level crimes. Um, your, you know, your, your marijuana smoking, the, the drinking, the, the loud music, um, but we weren't slaves to the radio. So it allowed us to essentially get out there. We would use unmarked cars. We would sometimes be in plain clothes, and uh, we would address certain conditions. If there was a robbery pattern going on, we would also be assigned to that. If there was a shooting pattern, if there was burglaries in an area, we would be assigned to that specific area, and it was our job to essentially catch that person. Okay. And, and when we weren't doing that, we were addressing those low-level crimes. So it was kind of like a mix of everything, and that was a stepping stone to the crime team. So each precinct has a crime team, or they used to. It's changed now significantly. But the crime team is plainclothes officers who go out in unmarked units, and they are specifically addressing high-level crime, or uh, you know your, your 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 shootings, your stabbings, your you know felony drug sales. So I did that for a very short period of time, and then the department started changing, and we started moving away from the aggressive uh, law enforcement that we used to do. And we transitioned to the community policing aspect. Okay. So I went from doing this conditions and crime team to then transitioning into what's called the NCO program, the neighborhood coordination officer. Where okay, we call it neighborhood patrol officer where we're at. Okay. So same thing, right? Yeah, same so shift. essentially we are still addressing specific crimes during specific times, but we're working in partnership with the community, with clergy members, um, with shop owners uh, to address these crimes. And we also work directly with the squad, or aka the uh, the detective squad from the precinct. And anytime there was a major incident, we would link up with them. We would go and help them do the video canvassing because, as the neighborhood coordination officer, I'm supposed to have uh, a relationship with all the community members, right? So it'd be right. a lot easier for me to go to a store that I personally know the owner, or to a building, or to a church, and retrieve the video footage because I know them personally. And we had specific areas of the command that we would be assigned where we would also do foot posts and we'd walk around and get to know the community members. And there were plenty of times where we'd have people walk up to us and, you know, who would say, hey, listen, you know, so-and-so has a gun or this is where they hide it. This is, you know, so-and-so selling drugs down the block. And this is when they do it. So it, it, it worked to a, to a certain extent. Um, and, then, uh, and then I tore my ACL. And, uh, yep, I tore my ACL. Off. No, unfortunately, <laughs> it was off duty. I was on Damn. a treadmill. Yeah, that's why I yeah. asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually preparing not a, to not go a to treadmill a, at work. No, no. I was actually preparing to go to a different police agency, and I was running on the treadmill, and I tore oh. my ACL. Yeah, damn. And, uh, How yep. do you tear your ACL running in a straight line? So the the doctor said um, I most likely had a previous tear, a uh, small one, and okay. it had been building and building and building. I had I was experiencing slight knee pain prior. Now you know, looking back in it, but at the time mm -hmm. I didn't think anything of it. And just stepped wrong, and that's when it fully tore. And, uh, you know, went, went, went out uh, sick for, for like six and a half months, um, came back right as COVID hit in 2020. And okay. ever since then, um, I got sent out to work uh, limited duty uh, in headquarters. 
And I've been there ever since. I'm back full duty. I've been back full duty for about a year and a half. You're now. at headquarters, like I, now I work at a headquarters. I have the one police like plaza, where, like where uh, Magnum PI works, or yeah, yep, yep. So I sit right next to him. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Nice. So I work, I work at, a, at a police headquarters, and I, I work in the personnel bureau. And I've so, is it since. really called the police commissioner? Is that what y'all call the top dude? Top, top, she a female. Yep, uh, uh, Commissioner Sewell. Uh, just okay. recently got sworn in, uh, first ever female commissioner for, with the uh, the department. Okay. Um, she came over from the Nassau County Police Department. She was one of their chiefs. Nice. And uh, she lived on the border of Nassau and uh, New York City. And uh, yeah, she okay. swore in about, I think it might have been about a year ago now. She liked to do podcasts? I would love to get her on a podcast. Um, I don't think so. No? No, I don't, I don't think, you know, everyone has their own different personalities and, you know, Still, still, you know, learning and who okay. she is, and, but uh, I think she's she's a little bit more uh, to herself compared to some of the other commissioners okay. who you know love to be in the public spotlight. So, yeah, well, you just yeah. you you tell her like this isn't uh, I don't want her telling any dirty secrets or anything. I I want to empower any female officers looking to move up and basically her tell the same thing: who she is, where she came from, no, she's why awesome. she got in the police work. I, I know a lot of and people how she got. Where yeah, she's no, at and what she, day she deserves to be there. Yeah, yeah, she definitely deserves to be there. When she came from Nassau County, um, I know the Nassau County Police Commissioner very well. as a personal friend of mine. A lot of my friends work for Nassau County, and they all had amazing things to say about her. She's a cops cop. Um, you know, definitely, you know, rose to the ranks because of of her work ethic. And uh, yeah. nobody has ever said anything bad about her. So, only very good cool. things. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm where I'm at right now. Um, the our he became chief. Um, I knew him as a sergeant, so um, nothing but like the dude. He leads with his heart. Yeah, you really can't ask for anything more. No, Even if he makes he a decision that you don't agree with, I know that he led with his heart. That's that's all I can ask you to do. I don't have Especially to agree with everything. Yeah, but I just don't want you to make a decision based on some BS. You know, if it's from your heart and you're doing what you think's right, I can't argue with that. I'm it's unfortunate because you know everything's run by politics nowadays. So. As long as yeah. if you have you know brass that's going to back you and support you, that's all you yeah. ask for. Yeah, especially in the in the times where you really deserve it. You know, like yeah. there's so many things that need to be taken into account when it comes to um, police work and benefit of the doubt and things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, my kid slid some sort of note under the door because she knows I'm doing this podcast live. <laughs> so. it, 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 it might have a white uh, powdery substance in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anthrax. <laughs> gotta be careful. <laughs> That's okay. I'm vaccinated for that. Military. Oh, yeah. No, we're, we're, we're Thanks, Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we were. I was. Uh, I did a podcast earlier today um, and we were discussing. Uh, the vaccinations and all that stuff. And he's kind of, he was like an anti-vaxxer type guy. And I don't get into politics on here, but I'm like, yeah. I'm a science experiment. I, mm -hmm. I signed the dotted line and the military just stuck me with everything they got. So <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm, I'm almost 40, whatever drugs you got and you think it's going to help. I'll take it. I don't care. I, At the time I was one of the first cops actually in uh, New York to get the, the vaccine. Oh, and, uh, were you one of those dudes that like taking a selfie like this is me getting my shot? No, no, I didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. <laughs> at the time, I, I had believed that I was, you know, I was only 30 at the time, super healthy, in pretty uh, decent shape. And I thought, uh, you know, I thought 
let me um let me again really for public service let, let me be the the scapegoat or not a scapegoat but let me let me be the, the science experiment and uh, uh yeah yeah you know, let's see how it goes, right? And hopefully, maybe I'll be able to help save lives because if, if I do well, maybe other people will too. Little did I know it wasn't going to really do much at all. And a lot, I, at the time, I, I yeah. didn't know it, it had a lot to do with politics, you know, to it. But I thought I was doing yeah. the right thing at the time. So I, I had signed okay. up and I, and I got the shot, thinking that I was going to help save other people's lives. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still um, reserved. So I, every, I have to get flu shots. I have to get everything every year, um, and I have to prove it. <laughs> Like, yeah, I've had COVID twice now, away. by the way. So I've been, I got both shots. I still had COVID twice. Yeah, I did too. Um, the first time though, I got it. I got it in like uh, November of 2020. I think it was like right when it was, re- nobody knew what the hell it was. Um, yeah. and I ended up having to go to the hospital and getting breathing treatments. Like, Oh wow. I was, yeah. I had an inhaler. Hooked up. And, yeah. um, I'm like, what the hell's going on? They're like, Oh, we think you have bronchitis and i'm like this ain't bronchitis but okay because they tested me for everything else and luckily my doctor he was a research doctor so he goes i'm gonna hold on a sample of your blood i know there's this new thing going around um we'll hold on to a sample and then we'll um send it out when tests are available he's like they just don't have tests for it yet yeah i said okay and then there's like four months i knew i had covid by then because it was huge everybody knew what the fuck covid was at that time yeah i, like, yeah, I yeah. knew i had it but then he called me and he's like hey you probably already know but yeah you had covid and i'm like oh damn that was rough i don't want that shit again because <laughs> uh, i was super healthy i was i was really healthy at that time and yeah. um that's right when i first started this podcast matter of fact i started it shortly after um but yeah i was jacked up jacked up then I got, you know, I started getting the vaccinations, the same thing. I, I kept getting, you're front, you're frontline worker, man. You know, it's yeah. impossible to avoid if you're yeah, out there, yeah. unless you just don't leave your patrol car. But the way our patrol cars work, the guy that was on shift right before you, maybe he was a go-getter and he just spread it all over your patrol car. <laughs> so. oh, yeah, it, it, ran, it, it ran rampant in our department mm-hmm. for a while. I mean, we yeah. had thousands of guys that were out from it. Yeah. Military base was yeah. the same way. We lost about and 32, 32 guys. I think actually died from COVID. Damn. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, but you know, if you take the pool, you got thirty-eight thousand to dip from. Yeah. yeah. Statistically, you yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Opposed from mine, which is like two thousand. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and that and, and for people listening, like that's good comparison. Like he's at the largest department, thirty-eight thousand. I'm at, I think, 10, 11, 12. I think we're in, we were fighting over those positions. We're 2,000. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Baltimore yeah. is like 3,500. So yeah. that's 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 your comparison when it comes to sizes and whatnot. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, I'm, I forgot. They checked the chat stuff. Oh, it doesn't look like anybody's. They're, they're just listening now. That's what How it many is. we got? Not money. Eight. <laughs> we're, not, we're not killing it. By we're losing means. people. We're losing people. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the prime time. Like if seven o'clock is the prime time here. So um, this is when you are going to get a bunch of people. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, okay. So you do that and promotion. Have you promoted at all? Or are you just stuck in a headquarters? I took the sergeant exam two days ago. Mm. First, ex- first exam they've given in about five and a half years because of COVID. Uh, it, it was Damn. a debauchery. Not, not oh, for me. No, no not, well, not just for me. For yeah. all, almost ten thousand of us that took it. 
10,000 people took the fucking Sargis exam? Yeah, yeah, about 10,000. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, where most of us are under the impression that there's going to probably be some type of class action lawsuit. It was a whole bunch of going on. Uh, yeah, you see that? Not going to get into it. Yeah, not well. No, I won't. You'll 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 see soon probably what's going on. Okay. Some, cra- some crazy stuff happened. It was a two day two day exam. They gave a test day one for five thousand people. Test day two for for five thousand people. Uh, supposedly it was the well, same. You can't exact- separate. You can't do that. Because it's somebody's going to go take the test just to go get the, the questions for the next person that's coming in. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> yup. So, oh, shit. So, uh, Brian Bailey said, isn't LAPD the same with a huge number on duty? Yeah, LAPD is nah, huge, well, but they're not LAPD's New York huge. huge. Nowhere, nowhere, nowhere near us. The LAPD has 8,000 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, nothing. There's so, nothing. I yeah, mean, I think we're, the department. Like the size of it. Yeah, you guys are your own city. The department itself, it's its own city. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, we are. I recently um, I went to a funeral in Detroit. I'm a part of a nonprofit called uh, Brotherhood for the Fallen. I love Brotherhood for the Fallen. Shout out to Brotherhood for the Fallen NYC. Shout out to Brother, yeah. Brotherhood for the Fallen uh, Boston. Two yeah. huge groups. I love those dudes. They're big supporters of ours. I love those guys. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a, a new member. I had been a part of um, – a different nonprofit organization uh, where basically we would ride for the fallen officers in Texas and we would, it was a bicycle ride and we'd ride from uh, like Fort Worth to Austin or Austin to another city. It was about a 150 mile ride over the course of two days. Um, and it was a beat down. It's, it's made to punish the riders um, cause you're yeah. riding in, on a bike for about eight hours and you're going slow. Yeah, so it's it's rough. Even if you're a seasoned rider, you, yeah. most seasoned riders they ride for about four hours at a time, and you know they're doing a hundred miles in that time. Yeah. Um, the really good riders do even more than that in that same amount of time. But here we are; we're only riding half of 150 the first day, and it takes eight hours. So you're doubling your time in the saddle. That is a monstrous beatdown on your taint, and it just <laughs> fucks you up. Yeah. <laughs> so. The that's idea actually, is that's though. That's one of my uh, podcasts. Uh, it, Monster monsters beat down, beat down on your taint. Yeah, yeah, it's that's, a yeah. It yeah. makes sense. Yeah, one, one of my uh, OnlyFans episodes. That's the name of it. Oh, just in your gun belt again. This guy's yeah. Gun. Yep, chubby cops. Yeah, yeah. So we we did, I that I was a part of that, and then um, I promoted uh, at work, became a detective. And some departments, that's not a promotion. That's just a extra duty. But for us, that's a promotion. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, kind of the same for us. Yeah. So I became a detective, promoted, um, and then I fell out of riding. I just didn't have the time to ride like I used to. So I was looking for another nonprofit to get into where 100% of the money goes towards 100% of the cause. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to be like, uh, what is it? Wounded Warrior? Yeah. Oh, it's like like mm-hmm. 1% goes to the actual cause and the rest yeah. goes to <laughs> All yeah, this other like shit. the Red Cross. So they're all the same, like that. Yeah, I, I so I did my homework, and uh, mm-hmm. for those listening, if you're not familiar with Brotherhood for the Fallen, if you're in another agency or something, something definitely worth getting into. Anytime yeah. an officer is killed violently in the line of duty, um, these officers in their chapters. So he's mentioned NYC. There's Boston. What they will do is officers that are a part of that. They're donating from each check. And I, I don't remember what the cost is, maybe a hundred bucks a year or whatever it is. Um, 
goes into a pool and anytime an officer is killed, there's circum circumstances, but violently in the line of duty, basically. You're missing a major so, proponent though of what they do. Yeah, it, right. And then that money will, will take a portion of that and they'll present it to the family, the surviving family members. Um, I think it's like two grand um, that they give towards whatever they want to use it for. And then all of the fallen brotherhood for the fallen end up meeting up together and then they usually present together. So it's just, yeah, so they, they fly into the funerals, right? So yep. then there's, there's representation from all these different agencies at the funeral. And yep. it can be no matter where it is. It can be Bumblefuck America. And you have Boston, yep. New York, Texas. Uh, is there one in Colorado now too, I think? Yeah, um, yeah, Colorado. Yep. Yeah, Aurora or something. Um, you have yep. all these, these major agencies that are flying in from across the country. They're going to the funeral, standing shoulder to shoulder with, with the agency that just lost a, you know one of their, their members. And uh, yep helping them with whatever they need help with and then yeah and then presenting them with this money so it's a yeah. really um it's a really special organization to be a part of and i know they're always looking for new uh new chapters to start so if you're in an agency that has a decent you know amount of uh cops or uh you know if you want to start one that's in a specific region um hit up one of the uh uh one of the the founding agencies i think and, and new york city boston and I think yeah, you're definitely in New York. I can hear that shit. Yeah, yeah. I think Texas. One Get of, the one fuck of them. out of the way! What's wrong with you, <laughs> yeah. you jackass? Yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, brotherhood, good dudes, awesome. good gals, great, great organization. Yeah, yeah. So um, I forget why I even mentioned that, but yeah, I went to Detroit, did that. Why were we talking about that? Uh, you asked about if I promoted in, in the job, and then I talked about the sergeant exam, and then. Yeah. Oh, oh. So I was just getting into um, the nonprofits. And so I switched ah. over to the Brotherhood for the Fallen because uh, I wasn't writing anymore. And then um, I just had, su- I, I met up with your New York guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Boston didn't make it that time. Um, Probably after whatever you. reason. Um, it, well, who wants to go to Detroit, honestly? That's where mm-hmm. we went. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just joking, guys. Relax. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we went there and a uh, great time. They were all really good. Um, to, to sit there and chat with and those guys had been to like they were vets the the new york guys that showed up they had been to 10 plus you know funerals, oh, yeah, sure. and so they yeah. were able to kind of show me the rope show me what to do um i had my guides from my people back home but it's when somebody's right there you can ask questions right now and get answers yeah, and, yeah. so that was pretty neat um, yeah i wonder why these aren't showing comments yeah Oh, there they go. Test. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to see. I had turned it off for a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you, you're you working at headquarters. You're doing all that. What What is that like? What is day-to-day like? I mean, are you hearing all the nitty-gritty of around the city? That it's all, all right. Did you hear yeah. that? The nitty-gritty around the city. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's probably just like anywhere else, right? A lot of it is the rumor mill. So mm. all you hear is just rumors constantly. Yeah. And, you know, you'd think that, oh, well, you know, you work at a headquarters. So that means that you're probably in the know. Not really. No? You might hear, no, you might hear some things here and there. But for the most part, things are kept, you know, pretty, pretty tight knit. Um, so, you know, we don't hear too much. Uh, where I work in personnel. So I work in uh, personal orders. Shout out to them. Uh, if any of them are listening. Uh, great group of people and individuals. And our main priority where I specifically work is the, uh, the post unit. Uh, so if somebody applies for a unit, we get their application, we vet it, we make sure that they have enough time on the job, they have whatever background they need to, to join the unit. Uh, we send it off to that specific unit to usually the 
administrative sergeant or a lieutenant. Uh, and then we also help, you know, set up the interviews and uh, do all that, you know, fun stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of desk work, but at the same time, because the crime rate has skyrocketed, not just here again in New York, but throughout, um, the, the country, uh, we're also going out on, you know, multiple times a week. Uh, I, I'm not at my desk. I'm, I'm in Brooklyn or the Bronx or parts of Manhattan, uh, Queens anywhere. And, um, yeah. you know, we're doing gun violence suppression. Essentially, we're, okay. we're out there, just, yeah. um, like a violent crime initiative type thing. Yeah, yeah. We're just we're just there yeah. to show presence, to you know, be out there with, with in our uniforms, to have the, the lights on on the cop cars, and just make sure that the public is aware that we're there. Got to meet us, and to also deter crime from occurring in these locations. So, okay. uh, we do we do that a lot too, which is great because it kind of makes me feel like I'm still a cop. I'm, you know, I'm not a paper pusher. Um, yeah, and it's been fun. But uh, you know, I I, I consider uh, my time with the NYPD uh, as almost like a secondary job because a lot of my time and effort and my passion more than anything goes into the nonprofit that I run. So uh, I was in the police academy. So I think this might be a good transition. Uh, okay. 2014, as, as I had already stated, right? Yeah. Um, three weeks into the time that I was in the academy, uh, officers Lou and Ramos were assassinated in Brooklyn. So okay. this is when Michael Brown was going on. And, uh, gotcha. Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a guy from Maryland wrote on his uh, Twitter page that he was coming to New York City to put wings on pigs. So I don't know why New York City. I don't know why Brooklyn. But he shows up. He sees this cop car. There's two cops in there eating their sandwiches. They're eating lunch. Goes up to the cop car. Just starts putting rounds into the car. He kills them both. Both shot in the head. So we lose two officers, you know, instantly. That's my third week in the police academy. Or, uh, you know, within the first few weeks of my, of my time in the academy. And um, all these riots are going on in Ferguson. There's riots in New York City. There's riots throughout the entire country. And, um, you know, my entire career had been shaped by these incidents and what had happened. So my first time ever putting on a class at uniform was not for graduation. It was actually for the funerals of my two fallen, two fallen brothers. And Damn. our academy graduation, instead of us throwing our white gloves in the air and, you know, confetti coming down in Madison Square Garden, which is this, you know, unbelievable experience, which I've never got to experience myself, unfortunately. Instead, we looked up at the, the Jumbotron, Madison Square Garden, the most well-known arena in the world. And they had the photos of officers Lou and Ramos, excuse me, detectives Lou and Ramos. They were post-humanity uh, promoted. And we did a final salute to them. And we walked out of the Madison Square Garden. That was our graduation. It was really weird, really somber, right? How many uh, people parents, quit? Did you have um, a bunch of quit? That happened where I was at. We, we, we had killed. A, we had a few people quit during during this. I don't know what the statistics are. If it was more yeah. than other years, I'm assuming it probably was. But I don't know for a fact. Yeah. Um. So that happened, and I graduate the academy. I go online one night. I said, "There's got to be an organization out there that allows law enforcement just to get away for the weekend with your friends and your family." So I'm online. I'm googling. I couldn't find anything. I'm shocked. Yeah. So I started formulating this idea in my head of what has now become Law Enforcement Officers Weekend, which is a 501c3 nonprofit that I started. So I go to Lake George one day, which is a, it's a really popular tourist destination in upstate New York. And I'm there three weeks out of the academy. I'm with my now wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, her family, and she's related to the mayor of Lake George. Longest running mayor in New York State history. He's been the mayor there for like 50-something years. Uh, prior chief of police for the Lake George Police Department, which doesn't even exist anymore. 
and we're on this boat cruise, and I just see fire truck after fire truck after fire truck lined up on the streets of Lake George from all across New York State. And I'm like, Mayor, what what is this? He tells me it's this you know annual firefighter convention. So, boom, light bulb goes off in my head. I said, Have you ever thought about doing a police convention? He said, No, no one's ever approached us with the idea. But if you if you got an idea, let me know. Three years go by, I never hear anything, right? And then out of the blue, one day, 2017, typical New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I get a phone call from his from his secretary out of the blue. She says, Remember that remember that idea you had with the police convention? I said, Yeah. She goes, well, the mayor wants to do it. When's the next time you could be up here? Two days later, I drove four and a half hours to Lake George, New York, and got the ball rolling. Nice. And, you know, uh, long story short, we applied for a grant through the village. We got a $25,000 grant. Got all the local agencies involved, their chiefs of police. We created this committee. And we said, all right, well, what do we want to do? We want to allow officers and their families to come to Lake George and have this weekend getaway and not have to worry about the stress at home. So we're going to have fireworks, we're going to have canine demonstrations, police car shows, paintball, comedy, concerts. And what we're also going to do is because we want to become a nonprofit, we want to bring the families of injured and fallen officers to this weekend getaway, all expenses paid. And we did. That was back in May of 2017. And we had about 100 attendees, including the families. And we fucking went broke. We spent all the money. We were negative $10,000. We thought, all right, well, that was a fun event. We're never doing this oh, again. Oh, shit. Negative yep. ten grand. Yeah. And Ooh. the mayor, Bob Blaze, came up to me afterwards and he said, there's no way we can let this not happen each year. The amount of the feedback that we got was unbelievable from these families. Yeah. So Mayor Blaze reached into his own pocket and he wrote a check out of his own bank for ten grand to cover that cost. Nice. Yeah, yeah great guy. Okay. And, uh, and since then, we learned from our mistakes. Fast forward, you know, six years now. We okay. now host 14 different events throughout the year. We have, you know, 88,000 social media followers. We've hosted over 60 families to different events. We had a Back the Blue rally uh, a year and a half ago on Long Island, New York, where 8,000 people showed up. We do events with the Yankees, the Mets, the Rangers, fishing charters, paintball games. We do weekend getaways in Lake George, Miami. Uh, here in Long Beach, New York, we just had a weekend last week where we, we brought five families of injured officers. And all these events, for the most part, are open to the general public. So even okay. though we're bringing the families of the injured and the fallen to these events, all expenses paid, we also yeah. say, well, why don't you, as a police officer or a corrections officer, parole, probation, whatever you are, come with your family. We're going to give you the time of your life. You have to pay your own way, but it's going to be significantly discounted. So we work with five-star hotels like the Ritz-Carlton in Miami. Shout out to them. Um, or uh, the Fort William Henry in Lake George. I mean, we're talking of the best of the best hotels. Yeah. As an example, the hotel, uh, the Ritz-Carlton in Key Biscayne, Miami, $1,000 a night for one room, a normal room. Ooh. We get it for our group and our group rate, over 350 attendees for 200 bucks a night. Bro, my wife and I, we go to Miami you got to come. Like so you know, you know, you know, Key so you know, you yeah. know what Key Biscayne is. It's yeah. beautiful. It's almost like a yeah. private island. And, the you know, your backyard is, is, the, is the ocean. And what it's time awesome. of year are you doing this? So it's October 7 to 10 this year. It's Columbus okay. Day weekend. Oh, um, nice. We have maybe about 10 hotel rooms left. Okay. Uh, so if you're going to come, I would definitely jump on it, you know, sooner than later. Um, and uh, behind you. Who's that buddy behind you? I see eyes. To your other side, man. Oh, that's my buddy. 
Oh, oh look at Scooby. Yeah. That's, that's Rocco. Rocco, that's a, such a New York name for a no, dog. Lie, you freaked me the fuck out for a second. You were like, who's behind you? I see eyes. I was about to shoot somebody. <laughs> the PTSD yeah, kicks in so easy. Sorry about I was, that. I was just, I was just pulled out my 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 handgun. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're in your home. You're safe. Yeah, you never know. So, oh, so yeah. So that's what that's what we do as as a nonprofit. Um, okay. We kind of you know like the Make a Wish Foundation. We kind of describe ourselves like the Make a Wish Foundation for law enforcement. So okay. besides these, these weekend getaways, which are our main events, we also do these private events where we'll. We'll get a request from a family member, a department, whomever, and they'll say, you know, we we've worked with with the families of sick, you know, children, uh, you know, law enforcement officers who have kids who are with cancer. Um, maybe they themselves have cancer. Um, whatever it is, uh, we we do a secret Santa run each year where we'll get uh, a list of toys for as many families as we can who are in law enforcement in the New York area and we'll drive around yeah. with the state police or some of the local police agencies. And we, we uh, just have bags and bags of toys. We'll drop them off. But you know, the, on a, usually Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve, um, we've done private events for the July 4th fireworks, you know, show, and we've done things for nine 11. We'll, we'll bring families down to the nine 11 museum. Um, We've thrown out the first pitch at City Field with the Mets multiple times. We're doing it again in August uh, with families of injured or fallen officers. So we we Not try to make for the Yankees, yet, huh? So okay, here's the deal. I'm a huge <laughs> Yankee fan. I've been a diehard Yankee fan for my entire life. My entire family is. Okay. The Mets, however, by far have been the most influential, inspirational Major League sports team that we've ever worked with. Nice. They support law enforcement. The organization. I'm not talking about the players. Yeah. The or, the the Mets organization has supported law enforcement like never before. Really. The players they they knelt during the national anthem. The players wore the BLM stuff. But the Mets organization, even during when all that was going on, they were phenomenal to work with. Um, yeah. And they, they took a bad rap. Unfortunately, every team did. Yeah. Even though you know a lot of these owners. Not all, but most probably didn't agree with with that movement with BLM. But they had a, you know, the players were, you know, the, you guys remember the players have their own union. They can kind of do whatever they want. They're allowed to do that type of stuff. The, the, the owners can't tell them no. So yeah. that get, that gets lost in the sauce a lot. But again, I just I love the Mets. I always give them a huge shout outs whenever I can. Um, they've done stuff for us both on and off the field. There there was an officer in New York City who um, just had a lot of bad luck and he got injured in the line of duty and he's a, uh, he's completely paralyzed. He's been in the hospital bed for like 10 years, uh, kind of got forgotten about. And we had learned of his story and his situation and we were told he was a big Mets fan. So we surprised him, reached out to the Mets. This was during COVID and they were at spring training. Every single major Mets player sent him a personalized, uh, get well soon video. So they took oh. the time. I mean, Noah Syndergaard, um, all the major managers, all of the major players. I, again, I'm not a big Mets fan, so I don't remember some of the players. But yeah. they and they put this video together, and they were all saying, you know, get well soon. We're here. Thank you for being a fan. You know, we support you. We support law enforcement. And then um, Sue Lucian, who's the vice president of ballpark operations, went to the hospital with us and met him personally. Gave him a whole bunch of signed stuff, um, and also. Um, Bobby Bonilla, 
Was it Bobby Bonilla? Not Bobby Bonilla. Um, Bobby Bonilla. That's a throwback. Not, not Bobby Bonilla. Oh, um, one of the other players who's now who's now a coach for the Mets. I can't remember his name. Omar Garcia. He, right? Omar. Yeah, Omar. Yeah. Um, he came to the hospital with us too, and he met us there, and he signed an autograph and he gave it to him. So I mean, the Mets have just been—they're awesome. I can't—I can't say good enough things about them. They're great. I, I love—I awesome. love them. So I, uh, I never thought I'd ever wear—you know—Mets a hat. For the first time ever last year at one of their events, I, I wore a Mets hat. This, yeah, know. I mean, you don't have a lot of good teams to pick from out there, so I get it. You got to pick one. Yeah, no, the Yankees are uh, terrible. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mets both. <laughs> we, just, we, you know, we have both, um, both first place teams. Uh, you know, we don't cheat like you yeah. guys do, but that's okay. Well, that ain't my team either. I'm with you. Uh, I'm a Tigers right, fan. Right. I'm from Michigan. Okay. I'm a Detroit fan. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We still no, talking about the Astros. You know, we're gonna throw some yeah, hands. The Astros. I ain't with them cheaters either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said well, it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're right. No, that's awesome, yeah. dude. So, um, I'm not sure if we're gonna get a bunch of echo feedback, but real quick, I at least want to show your website. So, sure. Uh, I got it on here. You let me know if you start hearing stuff. If you do, no, we're good so far. So this is the website. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can see some of the upcoming events right there. We have We still have tickets available for those of you who are in the New York area. Uh, you can click on the details uh, button right there, and it'll bring you right to the Mets page. I think we've got about 120 tickets left. If you scroll down a little bit, oh right, yeah, right, right there, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it gives you kind of a list of all things that come with the tickets. We have uh, an open beer bar. We're doing the food voucher. It comes with a T-shirt, a hat. So it's, it's first responder day, and it's also old timers day, August twenty seventh. Okay. So you're getting like all these crazy amenities for only one hundred and twenty bucks, uh, which is a phenomenal deal. Um, okay. And then we also have uh, you know, Miami coming up in October, which we still have some tickets available for, and we have a, a, a boat ride. You can play this video if you want. It kind of gives you a little bit more information about okay. um, yeah, yeah, let's kind of who that. we are and and the Lake Georgia event. Oh, actually, what I'm going to have to do is back out of this and let me close it, remove source, and now I'm going to – because I have to click a box that says play the sound or don't play the sound, and I think Ah. that's what causes feedback for you. Okay, so So I won't say anything. Okay, so I'll share this. So we're going to – if you're listening to this podcast, I'm about to play something off directly off of Elio Weekend's webpage that kind of gives an explanation. There's some pretty decent audio and some music, so they'll they'll hear it. Share screen, share audio. Boom, share. Turn that shit on, son. And let's play. Law Enforcement Officers Weekend is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Very hard to hear. hear. What we do is we bring your blood and blue families together. to be surrounded by their, their, their blue families as well as their blood and be embraced and, and feel the love and support from, from all those who know exactly what they're going through and, and make sure that they're able to have fun and relax and, and enjoy themselves. I'm here because just like a lot of you out there, we're asked to do a job every day that's getting constantly harder. We're not getting the right amount of training necessary to execute the mission. Austin reached out about a year ago and said, listen, we have this event that we put on every year. I'd like to come up and chat with you. You know who that is? You know who that is? And I started grilling him on the business plan. No, that's uh, Kyle Kyle Reyes from Law Enforcement Enforcement today. What are the vendors like? What are the sponsors like? Good guy, good guy. And Austin just kept sliding a little bit lower and lower in his seat. And finally I said, 
Austin, how have you been pulling this off every single year? And he said, bro, I just want to help cops and I want to help their families. Yeah. These, these, these men and women are out there, they put their lives on the line every day, that at any given moment, that routine traffic stop or that routine minor vehicle accident like Natalie was handling, it, that could turn lethal. Kevin always wanted to be a police officer since he was little. And he used to literally stand in front of the TV with a helmet and his little bike. The toughest part, aside from the fact that I miss him greatly, is that he hasn't been around to see their accomplishments and what they've become. If you hear shots, I know I'll run away. I'll run from it, you know, and he ran towards it. You know, he ran towards it, and he's a hero. I want everybody to know him as, to remember him as being a great, amazing hero. That was a terrible swing. <laughs> I'll let him know. I'll let him know. So that, so that, that, that video is from, from Lake, Lake, Lake Georgia, man. You may have you noticed, noticed or recognized some, some of the uh, families that were there. Natalie Corona, she's met uh, like six weeks out of the academy. She took that uh, very famous photo of her holding the Timberline flag. Very, very pretty girl. Um, yeah. Six weeks out of the academy, working a vehicle traffic accident. Some fucking asshole on a bicycle that had nothing to do with the accident just decides to ride up behind her shoots her in the back of the head point blank range for no reason kills her um Jeez. so he hosted her family uh Sam- mental yeah yeah uh samuel jimenez the jimenez family out of chicago chasing a per- on, um on train tracks after they were getting shot at and uh he gets you know he gets hit and i think his partner almost got hit by the train that made like national news um and then we had a, a few other Local families. That was back in 2019. That was right before COVID. Uh, we've hosted events since then, but that that's the most recent video that we've had from there. And uh, it's a really special weekend. And, you know, if you guys can, for, no matter where you are in the country, Lake George is not easy to get to. Um, the closest uh, airport is Albany International, which is still 45 to 50 minutes uh, south of uh, Lake George. Uh, it's pretty close to the Canadian uh, you know, border. Uh, at least yeah. it is to me. Um but I can't explain what it's truly like to actually be a part of one of these weekends. You're, you're, you know, you're surround- our, our motto is um, bringing your blood and blue families together. So you're taking these families that, are, that have just suffered a tragic loss or a tragic incident for the, the families of the injured officers, and you're surrounding them with their blue family, right? So all these families who are in law enforcement who know, maybe not know exactly what they're going through, but they at least can understand and comprehend, you know, what it was like when that person was still here. All the missed, you know, birthday parties and Christmases and yeah, family events and birthday parties and uh, just being able to connect with them, you know, one-on-one is really special. So if you have the chance, the opportunity to come to one of our events, whether it's Lake George or Miami or Long Beach or hopefully soon to be uh, Colorado, we want to do something out in Vail for the wintertime do snowboarding and skiing and, you know, sit around the, uh, the fire pit, 
Um, yeah. We're going to do something down in Texas in the Houston area, hopefully within the next you know, two, oh, three years. I'll go to Houston, bro. Well, we, we haven't picked anything uh, just yet, but we, we, we want to do something down in Texas for sure. You do Maybe Texas, you let me know. I'll be a fucking liaison. All right. No, yeah, we need that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm biased, right? It's my organization, yeah. so of course I'm going to talk it up. But nobody in the uh, on yeah. the board takes a paycheck. It's all 100% volunteer. Um, my vice president, Zach Grunther, says it best. He goes, we get paid in smiles. Genesis Familia from the NYPD, um, she lost her mom in the line of duty uh, July 5th, 2017, uh, 2018. Uh, it was like midnight, 30 hours. She's working the July 4th detail in, uh, believe it, in the Bronx. Some guy comes up to her car out of nowhere and just puts a round into her head for no reason. So she was, uh, she was like 19 at the time, and she had two twin brothers and sisters who were 12 or 11 at the time. And they came to our event a year later. And she comes up to me afterwards, after the event's over, full weekend, full of all these fun family-friendly activities. And she gives me the biggest hug. And uh, she looks me dead in the eyes, and she goes, this was the first time that me and my siblings were, were able to be kids again. Really? She goes, she goes I, I haven't, since my, our parents, my, since my mom died, I haven't seen them laugh or dance and sing. And this entire weekend, that's all they did. And I didn't know how to react to that. Like I'm this big yeah. brawly guy, right? Like I don't show emotion. I don't have emotions according to my wife. Uh, and, I'm the opposite. I, you're okay. making me like I'm tearing up just yeah. tearing. I'm a baby. Yeah, so I just, I just I stared her in the <laughs> eyes. I didn't know. I was kind of like I was hoping that somebody was going to come help me. Like I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I've gotten better at that since then. Um, yeah. I, you know, all I do now is work with these families. So I know, you know, mm-hmm. what's appropriate and not, not appropriate to do or say. And I just stared at her and I was shocked. And then that's what gave me like this. I already had a desire to help the families, but after that, I had this burning fucking desire to help them. Yeah, and Dude. I said, I will do anything in my power to to yeah. you know to help them in any way I can. So that's why I say that the NYPD is my secondary job to my nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the NYPD fully supports it. Of course, I get my job done. Don't get me wrong. Like I don't want to take advantage yeah. of of the NYPD by any means, but. Um, they they fully support what I do. They know what I do. You know, I when, when I need a day off, they give me the day off because I'm I'm you know working in an event or I'm setting something up. I'm going to meetings and uh, yeah, it's been a wild ride. Um, but it just it just giving me such a passion to uh, to help these families. And uh, I love Genesis. I hope she hears this. She's a big follower of ours, big supporter. We're, we're personal yeah. friends. She te- you know I text her you know a lot to to check in on her and the, and her brother and sister that are now fucking going to college, which is crazy. <laughs> you know they're, they're they're eighteen they're seventeen turning yeah. eighteen so it's it's pretty crazy um, to watch these families that I never knew once before to you know now where they're they're a part of our family the law enforcement officers weekend family so again I know I keep harping on this but if you have the ability to come to one of our events come whether it's a baseball game paintball or one of our, one of our weekend getaways you got to come it's highly yeah. worth it um dude um so I'm a sucker uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way but I. I I, I'm, 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 I got a service mindset, so I'm always trying to, I'm, I'm with Tunnels to Towers. I'm Love with that. uh Brotherhood for the Fallen. Um, shit, let me, let me go to my webpage real quick and just, and double check all of the shit that we've already put on there. Uh, the Wounded Blue, that's another great program. Oh, that's um, with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 the lieutenant, the retired lieutenant, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, shit, okay. um, losing the his name off the top of my head. Yeah, I did a podcast with him. Shit, Randy Sutton. <laughs> yeah, Randy Sutton. I'm such an asshole. Sorry, Randy. Um, but uh, yeah, so I got them on there. Um, Brother for the Fallen. And, yeah, yeah. So those are all the ones I got right now. 
Um, and I'm going to, with your permission, sir, I'm going to add yours on there. Oh, please. So, that'd be phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put yeah, that on my, well, all the help that we can get to spread the word yeah. out there. Yeah. If you go to my two cops, one donut, I have a, um, a tab that sponsors and charities. So my sponsors and charities are all on there. And if you are listening to me for the first time, if they're a sponsor, it's because I actually fucking believe in what they have. It's not because they're paying. Yes, they're paying because I've dropped 20 grand of my own money on something I believe in. And I, when you started saying that you got motivated after she came and talked to you, yeah. It's exactly what I went through with this podcast because I had um, my whole idea. Let me, we're going to go down a rabbit hole. So my okay. whole idea was, I was like, you know what? I, I had this master's. I went and did my master's degree. My thesis was social media is an underutilized um, thing and that uh, police weren't using it properly. We use it as propaganda. Oh, look, here I am petting a puppy. Here I am playing yeah, basketball yeah. on the street with this minority kid, you know, and like it's bullshit. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I think it's it's good to have. It's a good part of what cops need to do online yeah. um, as long as it's genuine. That's my mm -hmm. big thing. Just yep. don't don't stage shit. Um, but on on top of that, um, with with using it, I just saw this huge potential. I'm like, we're, we're just not using it right. So I'm like, let me prove. There's a big spider on my wall. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we missed the fuck. Oh, I got him. Okay. That was live. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate spiders. Anyway. Um, I killed it with my hand too. That's disgusting. Anyway. Uh, keep checking the wall. <laughs> fuck. All right. Let me get back on track. So I, I'm trying to figure out how do I use social media to make police work better. And yeah. um, the initial idea was kind of like, uh, you know, um, hey, there's a guy pulling on doors in the neighborhood. Let's post it on a Facebook group. You know, that, that was kind of the initial idea. Yeah. And uh, it, it took me about a year after I finished my degree to figure out how was I going to solve this problem. And I came up with a podcast idea. And I was like, you got cops doing this, you know, dancing on TikTok. You got cops doing this, being funny. Uh, Officer Daniels, Officer Mike the Cop, um, you know, they killed it on that side of this. So they got this humanizing part. And then they actually coined the they term. Killed it, but they, also got, they both got suspended, which it, is crazy. Uh, it, right. And, that, and that's where I learned you got to be careful. So, um, but the humanizing the badge part. And they got such an outpouring of support. Yeah. It's like – that's the people that hold the power anyway. And part of my thesis was the public, I did a survey and the public was like, yes, our police need to be on social media. So if mm -hmm. they say we need it, police think we need it. We need to be on there. Yeah. So how do I do it? What's a different way? What's a different approach? And how am I going to use it to help? Well, I came up with this premise, education and humanizing. I kind of combined the two. I was trying to do something that nobody else was doing. So I wanted really to focus on education. You said you were a street cop in New York. I wanted to hear what you did, how you did it. Well, how did you affect crime? People don't know that. These guys down here in Texas, these citizens that listen to this. So my idea was to educate the public. What ended up happening was I ended up educating officers more often than not. Yeah. yeah. So – I ended up, I had an officer on that talked about his officer involved shooting. Um, I don't typically try to do stories like everybody's doing stories and I, I want to, I want to have my own niche that doesn't infringe on anybody else's stuff, but I'll have stories occasionally. 
So I have the story. He talks about his shooting. Well, he has a PTSD moment while he's telling the story. And he thought he was past it. Mm. And uh, Bruce Anderson episode, if anybody's wondering. Um, So Bruce gets on here. And not only does he talk about, you know, what he went through, has moments. And he talks about that he's on medication and that it's okay to not be okay. And he admits that. He's like, I'm not okay. He's like, I'm on medications and I'm able to get through and I'm, you know, so it, it just, it was this very real moment. But when you remind what you reminded me of when you said you got motivated was I had an officer from Washington, the state and an officer from DC, uh, Capitol police. Um, one said he was showing clips of it to his roll call that was in DC. And then mm-hmm. I had a an officer in Washington, the state say, I was, I've been fighting. He said, I was fighting my inner bitch. That's how he worded it. But he's like, um, he's like, I didn't want to be on medication. He's like, I just hate medication. The idea of it. He's like, I thought I needed to be strong enough to get through it. And he's like, after I heard Bruce's episode, he's like, I realized some things just need, I need help. And this may be the help I need. So I got on medication. I wanted to thank you guys. I wasn't ready for that, dude. I was not. I wasn't I, – I set out to educate the public, and I ended up helping peers way more. Yeah. Now, I am still on that path. I still want citizens to – I'm trying to mend things. I want – it's a bad time to be a cop, you know, and social media is part of the problem of that. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to use it to fight back in any way yeah. I can. Yeah. And that motivate like, I wasn't that many episodes in, maybe. Uh, maybe I was. I don't know. Um, but – Maybe I was like 20-something episodes in. That's not a ton. But uh, that was it. That was it. That was the solidifier. After that moment, I was like, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep doing this. Uh, And and it's it's a – I probably put 40 hours into this damn show a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm dumb. I don't understand. Like, I don't understand the social media. We were talking about that earlier. TikTok and all that shit. TikTok. I'm I'm still learning. Still learning all that stuff. So – TikTok, um, you know, when it first, well, <laughs> TikTok has a lot of problems, right? So besides <laughs> everything going on with the the Chinese and them potentially, you know, gaining access through our information with TikTok, it's that's why yeah. the SEC doesn't want it to be around. It very well could shut down TikTok. I don't know, but it, I hope hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully they, they fix whatever's going on. Yeah, I joined TikTok um, with the same intention actually that you had for your podcast. Um, it's not affiliated with my department in any way, shape, or form. I'm not on there in uniform. I don't do it well in that work, nothing like that. But I joined TikTok originally to reach out to kids and the general public and answer questions that they typically would be too scared to ask a uniformed officer yeah, or yeah. motivate kids again to become first responders. And that's what that was what originally started out as. Um, and then I noticed that a lot of cops started following me. And then more first responders and more first responders and kind of morphed into what it is now. And I'm approaching like 16,000, you know, uh, followers on TikTok. And I've only been doing it for like three months. Um, so it's Officer Glick. It's at Officer Glick, G-L-I-C-K, all one word. Um, okay. I think I'm at like 15.7 thousand. I'll probably hit 16,000 by the end of this month. It's probably, not, probably sooner actually. And, uh, you know, I post, I post some funny videos. I post... Uh, mostly serious videos. I'll post some PSAs about um, active shooters or about uh, uh, child trafficking, you know, things that 
parents should be aware of because TikTok has become so popular. And, uh, you know, TikTok, unlike other social media platforms, yep, there I am. There he is. Uh, TikTok, you, you only have to be 13 to join. So there's a lot of young kids on this platform. And originally it was, it was designed to be a singing, dancing uh, phone application. It was actually under a different name uh, just like two, three years ago until it's become now TikTok. Uh, so sexual predators, child traffickers know that and they're using it to their advantage and they're trafficking children off of TikTok, unfortunately. So I'll, I'll make PSA posts like that. But for the most part, a lot of my content on there is lighthearted. It's funny. Yeah. Um, I go live. Uh, my lives tend to be with other TikTok creators who are also in law enforcement or first responders. And um, I'm part of this uh, like pause vibes crew or positive vibes crew where we promote uh, positive social media interactions, you know, anti-bullying. Um, and uh, they have a, their own power company. I'm not like in their organization, but I help them out as much as I can. There's another company, uh, nonprofit who I, I, I help uh, through TikTok called the Unbreakable Brook Foundation. Started by my two friends, Gigi and Bo. They're both married. They're, part, they're both Nassau County police medics uh, here in Nassau County where I live. Uh, their daughter, Brooke, who's three years old, has an array of different um, uh, mental and physical issues. Uh, so what they do is they started a foundation where they purchase power wheels and they modify them for children with disabilities. And then they ship them to families for free. And I thought it was, it was an unbelievable idea. So yeah. I, started help, I started helping them recently. Uh, we threw the first ever Tiny Talk is what they called it because they took a bunch of TikTok creators. <laughs> Tiny Talk, yeah. okay. A bunch of TikTok creators from across the country uh, came to this event that was hosted here on Long Island. And uh, we all went live on Facebook together and we hosted it at a bar and it was open to the public. And uh, in three hours, we raised uh, just over $20,000. And we were- In three hours? Yeah, three hours, we raised 20 grand. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. And um, all the three uh, money- hours, you could pay off my podcast, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fucker. So we did. I was I was the MC of, of the event, and uh, I said, "Hey, I have an idea. Let's all go live for the next yeah. 15, or 15 minutes. Just fifteen minutes. Every single creator in this room right now. Let's go live. We're gonna pump the music up. I'm gonna be on the fucking microphone, screaming my head off, asking people to to donate. Let's see how much money we can raise. So I said we raised twenty thousand in three hours. We raised like seven thousand in fifteen minutes on TikTok just from asking people to donate to this cause. And Damn. It was insane. And uh, yes, yeah, so now we're in the process of, of, well, they are, of building a ton now of um, uh, a smart, uh, excuse me, not smart cars, power wheels. And they're going to modify them for the kids. So each, each one is modified, you know, differently. You know, you can't make a whole, uh, you know, um, production line because every child has different needs that, that are receiving these, these power wheels. So yeah. the, power, the power wheel itself only may cost three or 400 bucks. The problem is it's another fifteen to $2,000 just to modify it, depending upon what type of seat they need, what type of controls they need, uh, you know, you know, head rests and locks and all this stuff. So uh, it's a phenomenal charity that I got involved with, and uh, I'm super fortunate to have to – have, uh, I know them in person, but I met all these really um, inspirational people on TikTok. It's weird saying that because two years ago, I was so against it. I was yeah. so against – uh, cops being on social media against the dancing, all that shit. I said, we're fucking yeah. cops. We, we have this noble job. Why are we on social media? Why are we doing this? Um, and it was through the nonprofit that I run with Law Enforcement Officers Weekend that I realized the potential that social media has. And then once I started really following TikTok and the creators on TikTok, and I said, you know what? I, I was wrong. I was wrong. 
Yeah. And now I'm a now I'm a huge proponent of it. I'm a huge supporter of it. Um, I think departments need to do a much better job. I think they need to hire public information officers that know how to release information in a timely and professional manner. Um, that's part of what my degree was as an emergency manager was, was being a PIO and I was a PIO for the city of Long Beach fire department for like five years. Um, I wish departments did a better job at it. And I think yeah. that's where a lot of this is going to start. Social media is not going anywhere. It's only going to get bigger and yep. virtual, virtual reality is only going to get bigger. The metaverse is a real thing that's coming. And I think the, the, the law enforcement agencies need to take hold of that and they need to harness it and they need to harness the power mm -hmm. of good that comes from social media and podcasts and everything else and, yeah. and uh, use it in their favor. And uh, yeah. it'll come. There's just some old timers that are still in power that, you know, use, uh, well, that's not, that's not how we did it. Right. You know, we didn't do yeah. it back then and we're not gonna do it now. Well, move over. Old -timer times change. Yep. Times change. So yeah. With that being said, yeah, I have a question. Yeah. Can we, can I go get another drink? Well, absolutely. Um, while you do that, I'm going to show my pathetic TikTok because I don't do use it. it a whole lot. I've got go 117. Whoever's listening right now, go follow him. Yeah. So I'm going to have to use – Austin's going to have to teach me how to use TikTok because really what I've been using TikTok for is just information like, hey – this is going on. Hey, um, this is what we're doing. Hey, catalytic converters are being stolen. Like, yeah, I'm just, I don't know how to use it. Um, I, I can do funny stuff and whatnot, but that, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not sure exactly how to utilize TikTok. So now that Austin's back on, he's going to, he doesn't know he's agreeing to this yet, but he's, a, he's agreed I was, I was for six seconds. He he's agreed to teach me the ways of TikTok. So after this, yeah. um, I'm just gonna have to pick his brain. I uh, the, the almost we'll say sixteen thousand followers that I have. That's nothing compared to what most of my uh, my friends have. I have friends on here that have half a million, a million, million plus you know followers. Uh, Paul yeah. Lewis, who um, was our first ever. Uh, guest on the Muscle Room podcast, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. Um, he has 1.3 million TikTok followers. So he's on TikTok as Paul Lee Paul. He's probably one of the most famous okay. police officers in the country. And uh, he got I... yeah, look him up. You probably you may have recognized him, uh, Paul Lee Paul or Paul Lewis from from the Where W E A R E. Spell Paulie. Is so it? It's, so it's he's it's P A. Uh, P A U L L double L. Oh, okay. That's definitely weird. Oh, Polly Paul, I see him. Yeah. Yeah. That's just how right he spells it on, on TikTok. So um Damn, he, he had uh, his number nailed on 1.3 million. Yeah. 1.3 million. Yeah. So he, he uh he got yeah. shot in line of duty 2019. He was uh, just a few months out of the academy. Uh he gets shot twice in his arm, uh loses all control of his of his of his arm, his wrist. Whole things fucked up. Multiple multiple surgeries. He had he had been on TikTok uh, prior, and he was using social media just kind of um, documenting his time in the police academy for this really small small agency. Then he gets shot, and he decides, well, he's going to use social media power of good, and he's going to um, he's going to document his entire recovery process. And it yeah. blew up. It blew up. Damn. Yeah, and good he's been him. doing that for two years, and he became That's extremely awesome. inspirational. He helps us with our podcast. Uh, he was he was our first ever guest for a reason. He helps run our social media uh, uh, Facebook page for the Muster Room, and um, 
he's just a super young, funny, inspirational, narcissistic kid. <laughs> he's, a, he's I call him a kid. He's not a kid. He's my age. Um, but I just like to fuck with him. And uh, he fucks with me well, a lot, He too. doesn't look like he's got near the miles on his face that you do. So I know, right? I would, he's, call, he's, I would call him kid, too. Yeah, he, he, he looks young. He's like 30. I think he's 30 or 31. <laughs> um, but he looks like he's fucking 10. And, you know, he's a, good looking, he's a good looking guy. You know, all these guys and girls are always just fucking flirting with him. On, on so, It's so funny. He goes live and guy, girl, whatever, whatever. Just everybody flirts with him. And, and, he, and he, he's just he's a good hearted person. So, yeah, he's just he's attractive inside and out. And he, I can't wait for him to see this because he's going to bust my balls for, for giving him all these props. Because um, I, I, I swear, I, I hate giving him yeah. giving him recognition because he, he is a narcissist and he loves talking about himself. And he loves oh, talking, hearing, hearing that people talk about himself. So, um, yeah, let him no, know he, that he's got a spot on the podcast here. He can no, talk you about have himself. All I'm he telling wants. you, he, he's got a really great yeah. story. I'm gonna, I'm gonna connect you with him after we're done with this. Um, yeah. He's, he's. I want you to get APM. I want you to get Bruce on your episode. I'm sorry. Okay, Say that again. let's do it. We'll, we'll swap guests. We'll swap guests. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. be like the, we'll be the swings of podcasts. Oh, t-shirts. Wait t-shirts. I just created a great idea. We got an idea. T-shirts. Yes. The fucking sw- the swingers of podcast. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Holy shit. Fuck yeah. yeah. With pineapples. Yes. Yep. Upside yes. down pineapples. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They, they got it. Dude, they got to be, they have to be Hawaiian shirts. Of course. Hawaiian just, shirts. Okay. There's a cop in Florida. Um, that makes them? That makes Hawaiian shirts. But his, our Hawaiian shirts are all like, it's got guns and stuff on there. Yeah, but yeah, I, bet, no, I, know, it, I know a few companies that do that. Yeah. Yeah. His name, it's like Rad Palm, I think is what they go by. Rad Palm. Um, okay. Look them up on Facebook. Shout out to all them. Right. Um, but yeah, he's a cop. He, he, that's what he does. And we'll we'll get with him and yeah. we'll do it as like a fundraiser for Elio Weekend. Okay. Done. Done deal. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. yeah we're doing this okay. shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's so dirty. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so dirty. yeah. So anyway, so social media, great stuff. Love it. Um, become yeah. a huge fan of it. And uh, yeah, the, the power that social media has for good is phenomenal. Yes. yes. I think as long, like I said, it, and just like you, um, it wasn't that I was alienated by people using it to dance and do all that shit. I, I saw what they were doing, but at the same time, I'm just like, you guys, you're, you're, you're scratching at the surface. I was like, you could yeah. do so much better. I knew what they were trying to do. I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just I felt that we, you know, this profession is a, such a noble profession, and it's it's a professional profession. Yeah. And I was like, you know, why are we trying to? Why are we trying to like? Oops. Reach out to these individuals, you know, the, the BLMs, the the defund movement, and be like, no, we're good. Like, look, we could dance too. I just thought it was like so yeah. cheesy. I didn't like it. Um, but like I said, you know, I, I learned that social media truly can be this really powerful, special thing. The Sorry. What was that? I, I ate some <laughs> bad beef earlier. It's been <laughs> like a motorcycle in your stomach there, bud. <laughs> yeah, it's coming out of my butt. So you you start you obviously realize the potential of social media. Is that what striked the idea for the podcast? Yeah. So um, about two years ago, we really started talking about just kicking the, the idea around of doing a podcast for a while. Oh, sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> so um, we were kicking this idea around. We never, it never came to fruition, but we always knew we wanted to do it. Um, mm-hmm. we, you know, I wish I would have jumped on it two years ago before it got you know, so popular. 
uh, we, we yeah. probably have like seven followers now and not six, but, um, <laughs> so we, I'm one of them. <laughs> so we're kicking this idea around and, uh, then COVID happens, everything fucking falls apart. Um, and then just recently we're up in Lake George for our, our event, uh, in June and Eric Potts, who is a retired member of law enforcement, 31 years, is a professional comedian touring the entire country and he's also uh, a resident uh dj on uh, new jersey 101.5 like one of the you know the major stations there he's also a um, uh, critical incident stress management peer support member he approaches me one night during uh, leo weekend lake george after the comedy show that he had just done and he goes hey listen because uh you know i want to do more for the organization i have this idea uh of doing a podcast you guys ever thought about doing it I said, no, no way. Like, yeah, we fucking, we've thought about doing it. And he goes, how would you want to join me on this venture? You and I will be co-hosts. We'll, you know, do it through LEO weekend or, or however, we'll, you know, we end up coming up with a contract and we'll, we'll donate to nonprofits and we'll host a podcast, uh, which eventually became the muster room with the idea of interviewing, not just law enforcement officers, but uh, interviewing um, first responders who have dealt with, critical incidents and it has caused some type of mental or physical disability. So um, it's a mental health uh, podcast more than anything else, but we don't really focus it as a mental health podcast. It's a bunch of, it's a bunch of cops and firefighters and EMTs in a room shooting the shit in a cigar lounge, talking about a critical incident and how it, and how it it fucked them up. Right. So again, both mentally or or physically. And then the main part is how, how'd you overcome it? What did you do to get from, from point A to point B since that yeah. incident and we kind of dissect it we do not monday morning quarterback the incident uh because there's no point to uh yeah. we just discuss how it affected them how it affected their family and what they've done ever since then yeah and it's a really powerful show uh we've had some really amazing guests we just launched it august 1st so it's brand new we, it, we're only on episodes one and two this coming monday's episode three uh that's when i reached out to you i was like bro we gotta yeah. get the mess like yeah, before yeah. you even aired anything i was like let's get your shit out there yeah yeah and yeah. uh we also we, we've interviewed family members of fallen officers we've interviewed firefighters now who respond to uh hurricane sandy here on long island where you know it pretty much was like a fucking bomb that went off um we've interviewed uh matias ferreira who he's made national headlines multiple times uh i'll tell you his story you may have heard of him Matias was a uh, a Marine in Afghanistan in 2011. He is sweeping a house with his team in Afghanistan, jumps off a roof onto a pressure plate, blows both of his fucking legs off. Should have died. Yeah, should have died on the battlefield. Survives. Gets two prosthetic legs, learns how to walk, learns how to run, jog, all that shit, right? Which that alone is a phenomenal feat, right? No, no pun intended feat. What's well, his name again? Matias M A T I S Ferreira. Okay. So I know that name, dude. Well, so he loses both of his legs. He goes through the whole recovery process, has two prosthetic legs, goes, I'm gonna be a fucking cop. And I go, Yeah, fucking right, dude. You don't have any legs. Goes, I'm gonna do it. Becomes the first ever double amputee police officer in the United States. Dude. And he he does it here in Suffolk County, Long Island. This is back in 2000 and uh, I think I want to say like 2011 uh, or 2013 or something like that. Okay. 
and we had him on our show and you know we talked about his recovery and most of the time it was him just just talking about just staying positive like he never let the injuries get to him even the day after waking up and finding out that he's just lost both of his fucking legs he was like i don't care like i'm alive yeah whatever my legs are gone but i'm alive and he's just used this motivation and he works with a bunch of other nonprofits and we hosted him at a ranger game uh, a few months ago where we put him on center ice and he shot the puck he fucking missed like a loser that he is but it's okay and uh, <laughs> you know, and whatever, he guys didn't have any legs, but whatever, he could have he could have hit the hit the net, but he didn't. And uh, he's just such a such an awesome dude. Um, and now he 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 does uh, inspirational speaking to to veterans that have also become amputees. And he's and you know telling them like guys, like if I could fucking do it, so could you. Yeah. And now I think so. He he was the first ever double amputee police officer, and I think since then there's been like two or three more, and he's he's met yes. every single one. Um, yeah, he's an one awesome works he's at an awesome my department. Dude. Oh no, shit! So then they know yes. each other. Yeah, yeah. so, so I, I it, and I just learned about it not too long. I remember him. I remember hearing that a WMPT um, was going to apply to the department, possibly, yeah. and that was the last I heard of it. And then the next thing I know, somebody said uh, that he had made it, and or, or he was he was a he was already out in the streets, and I was like, yeah. oh shit! And um, I reached out to him, and I. I feel so bad uh, that I can't remember. I I never met him in person. You know, this, yeah. you don't see all the. You know how it is. You got a big agency yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I don't know him by name. Uh, I was looking for him. I know I messaged him um, on here before. I was gonna find his fucking name, but I was hoping it would pop out at me, and it's not. But anyway, um, that's not him. Yeah, so I plan to have him. I will get him in touch with you, dude. We're okay. gonna, we're such podcast swapping players. We are swinging uh, yeah. our way through these podcasts. Um, maybe this is him. Um, the Zach Brisseno, that's got to be him. Well, if I text Matias and I said, "Hey, do you know so and so?" I guarantee he'll be, like, "Yeah, another dude." Like, that's him, Zach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brit Briz. B R I S E N O, but it's um, the Spanish O N with the Inye on there. Yeah, on top yeah. Of it. Send me, send me his, his name, and I'll send it over to Matias, and I guarantee they know each other. Okay, yeah. Let me. Uh, I'll send you. I'll send you a little screenshot. I don't want to put his shit on blast without his permission. If you also send a social, that'd be great, and his address and his mother's maiden name, I would appreciate it. <laughs> Could do all of that. Fuck him. I'll lose my podcast before it ever gets started. I just sent you a, whatever. I sent you a thing, but um, there's nothing to lose. It, yeah, it, well, I'm already in the negative, so yeah, you're right. No. But uh, yeah, man. Um, okay, so you, I love, I love what you're doing. Um, I had a, another a firefighter out of Boston area, Keith Hanks. That's another guy. He come on, and I've, I've actually unintentionally a lot of PTSD things have popped up and been talked about on my podcast. Um, that's not the main reason or source of the podcast by any means, like how your guys is, you guys, it looks like that's going to be your specialty. Yeah, most likely. Um, but if that happens to pop up on mine, I'm obviously I'm going to send them straight your way. Sure. Uh, awesome. Get them on there. Um, but yeah. Okay. So you guys, you, you pull the trigger, you decide to do that. Yeah. How so do you we decide, pull the trigger. We decide, how do you to decide so who's going to be on the show? So, well, 
we got stuck with Eric, right? Because part of his idea. So like, fuck, all right. So we'll do it with Eric. <laughs> and uh, Joe Reiner, who's who's on my board of directors for Law Enforcement Officers Weekend. He's a member of uh, the NYPD. Um, and he's a huge, like, social media, uh, photography, videography buff. You're out. I'm out. You're out. You're out. They got to send you a new yeah. one. I got that left. So They got to send you a new bottle. Um, <laughs> we know I, we know they're listening. Say, so. I bought that one. So, yeah, you guys right, owe well, we me. America. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe has all the equipment already. We didn't have to buy a single thing. Joe has it all. So oh, you fucking asshole. Yeah. Don't tell me that well, shit. Well, I'll be honest. We, we we did buy some extra microphones and, and like I think another headphone. Uh, you Let know, me guess. You got like the Shure mics and all that shit. He's got top of the line stuff. All top of the line I hate stuff. You. I'm over uh, here on pod mics. They do. He's right. got like the the newest um, mixer that everyone's talking about. Like Rodecaster like Pro. Number two, I think it is. Yeah, I got the one. Yeah, so he's got like number two, which is like all these yeah. cool like fucking like. It looks like yeah, a Christmas it just tree came out. Yeah, yeah. so he's got that. That's what I want. So, so like we we've we've probably only spent, I'll be honest, maybe like less than a thousand bucks total on all all the other additional stuff that we need. And he has all of his own camera equipment and all that shit. So we knew we had everything we needed to to get this thing going. Then we found a location, the Smoking Shield headquarters, based here out of New York. Um, they have they have chapters all across the country. They're a, a law enforcement cigar bar. Um, and uh, they've been gracious enough to, to allow us to use their facilities to, to host everything. And um, through Law Enforcement Officers Weekend and all the connections we have, we've reached out to all these officers who've been injured in the line of duty, the families of those who've been killed in the line of duty. I'm actually wearing this shirt right now. This is uh, Artie Lopez from uh, Nassau County, killed in the line of duty in 2012. Um, was uh, trying to uh, apprehend a, a carjacking suspect who fled from New York City. He was a member of ESU, the emergency services unit. Uh, stops the guy. The guy uh, shoots him point blank range in the chest, kills him, and then uh, takes off and uh, down the road hijacks another car and uh, shoots the old man that was driving that car and kills him. And then the NYPD and Nassau County teamed up and they uh, hunted this this guy down, he, uh, arrested him, and he died in jail in 2019. But I had uh, Artie's sister, Chara Lopez, on, on the show recently. Uh, so we, we released a show every Monday. So we had these really like unbelievable stories with these guests who are it's super like emotional. Chara was crying half the half the episode, um, uh, and you know we were crying, and it's a uh, it's it's just a really special show. Um, Themusterroom.com, if anybody's interested. So Paulie's episode already we only released it four and a half days ago and has it has like twelve hundred views on uh, on YouTube already. Um, which is a lot, I think. So I'm not really into podcasts. Well, clearly I'm not into podcasts and we just started it. I was yeah. told that um, if you get like over 28 views your first week, you're in the top 50 percentile, which mm -hmm. I thought was like, what? Only 28? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, you have over like 75, you're in the top 25%. And if you have, you know, like 100 plus, you're like in the top 10% of podcasts. Yeah, I didn't like, know that either. And yeah. I had been going for a year. It, you and I talked, and you're like, yeah, "Well, yeah. these are the numbers." And I'm like, "Dude, I get 200 downloads in a week." That's a, that's that you're doing great for the for yeah. the podcast world, which is crazy because yeah. like, if you compare, so all I've known right is like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Those algorithms don't typically uh, detect just one view. Like on TikTok, somebody could watch my video ten times; it counts as ten views. Mm -hmm. On podcast, you can only download the show once. Yeah. 
if you watch it on YouTube, it only counts for one. Mm-hmm. So YouTube and downloads are going to be significantly less than those on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes. So if you're getting 200 plus views an episode, that you're doing really well. Yeah. If you're getting, you know, 30 to 40 uh, subscribers on YouTube every week or two, you're doing really well. Yeah. Um, but it's it's almost disheartening because you're so used to seeing these massive numbers coming off yeah. the social media platforms, and then you're looking at YouTube and. Uh, like 1,200 views on Paulie's episode in four and a half days is substantial. But to mm-hmm. me, I'm like, the fuck? That means nobody's watching because yeah. I'm, I'm used to 350,000 yeah. views yeah. on TikTok. Yeah, I'm so, the same way, dude. I'm like yeah. literally – I look at my YouTube and I just – my goal the whole time – and most of my audience is listeners. It is not yeah. video. I understand yeah. that. But since I started – I'm like, I just want a thousand. I that's yeah. my goal. I that has been my mission since day mm-hmm. one. A thousand YouTube subscribers, and it is the slowest creep ever. I'm oh, I'm, sure. st- I'm not even at a, um. I think I'm at seven seventy nine. Okay, you're getting there, man. We we I think we're up to like fifty yeah. right now. I mean, we just launched four uh, days ago, but it's tough, dude. It's really tough. Oh, people and a lot of people- since you and I got on here, I'm at seven eighty one. So I've got. go. A couple of subscribers. Thank there you guys. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect, dude. So yeah. yeah. Um appreciate tough, it. man. You know, you're you you base like everything you do on your on the analytics, right? Of of how many viewers yeah. are you getting each week. Like, fuck, what did I do better last week than I compared to this week? Why do I have less or more viewers? And you're trying to like you're trying to find that sweet spot of, you know, when do I release my shows? It's people don't understand the amount of time and effort that not only goes into producing a show, right? Like what we're doing right now. Yeah, but set, like, how many hours did you and I spend together last last time and earlier today, just trying to get this set up, right? Just because I didn't want it to go out and be garbage, and I right. I told you I was like, dude, yeah. people are not gonna like this thing so gonna fly. The amount people of time and effort this. goes into the logistical planning of the of the shows, the amount of time and effort that goes into the advertising, the amount of time and effort that goes into uh, the the pre show build up of you know of trying to launch like um you know little clips here and there on on TikTok you know twenty second videos for me to make a twenty second video. So what we what I was doing to get all these views on so on on uh, Facebook or, or really on YouTube, I was taking a, a twenty second clip of the Paulie Paul show where we interviewed him for like an hour and a half, breaking it down into a 20 second clip and just showing it on my page. That 20 second clip to make it, to edit it, to put the text message, you know, wording on it, two hours. Yeah. Yeah. For a 20 second fucking video. So imagine doing that for multiple videos. Like nobody understands unless they truly do it, how much time and effort goes into this. Like when you're making, you were making your, hold on, hold on, let's stop. Cause I want to, I want to, before anybody says anything, they're like, okay, okay. Listen, we love it. We like doing it. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. So we're not bitching about the two hours. No, we like doing it. It's fun. That's why we're doing it because it's fun for us. Yeah. It's fun. And And it it gets, it it opens your world to all these amazing individuals. Yes. So as much as it sounds like I, I hate, you know, when I, I feel like I'm like trying to like, oh, feel bad for us. No, don't feel bad for us. We love no. doing it. Don't feel bad. We also are trying to educate you on like, look, like this isn't as simple as it seems. And all it's, it takes it's like, for them to do is click the fucking button. Click the fucking follow button. <laughs> click yeah. the it is so fuck. It is so fucking simple for you yeah. to click 
the follow and share yeah. button for two cops, one donut. <laughs> right there. Okay. That's all I'm asking you to do is click, subscribe, <laughs> share, and like. That's all you have to do. While he and I are over here busting our fucking ass for hours yeah. each day to put on a show for you to make it look and sound awesome. All we ask for you to do in kindness is click the fucking share and subscribe button. Okay? Thank you very much. This has been a PSA brought to you by me. (laughs) That's not usually the approach I take. I'm like, hey, guys, this is is what we got going on. Um, This is what I've done. And uh, if you could, I humbly ask you to take 30 seconds out of your time to click this link I provided and just hit subscribe. And and You're way more humble than I am. (laughs) When I do that, well, because... I have watched so many videos where they're like, like and subscribe. And I'm like, why the fuck do they say that so often? Well, and I still, to this day, I probably don't say it enough. I, I just, because I don't want to bug people. I feel like I'm being a burden or I'm being annoying. So I try I not to do that. I don't think you're being a burden. I just think it, uh, repetition. It's yeah, repetition. But, you, know, you, you tell somebody one, one, one time to do it, they don't do it. You ask them three or four or five five times they don't do it and then the, the greasy uh, the greasy wheel gets the grease oh excuse me the squeaky wheel gets the grease so eventually yeah. they're, they're gonna they're gonna click like and subscribe and if they truly believe in what you're doing if they truly appreciate the work that you're doing because this is art right just us yeah. sitting here talking it's not easy no it how, you know how long did you have to do your research on me on leo weekend on the podcast mm-hmm. on learning who i am to ask specific questions it takes a lot of time yeah. so yeah. all all we ask is just for people to like, subscribe, and share. That's all we ask. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I and and I've kind of prided myself in trying to be raw. Like I don't, I right. don't do like I didn't, I didn't prep you as far as like, all right, this is exactly. I I don't do that because you I probably should have because it would have went a lot better. No, I I like no. the conversation <laughs> to be no, organic. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know okay. you are. I I'm saying I just I just like organic. That's what I go for. Um. Oh, and before I forget, um, Keith Hanks, not Keith Hanks, uh, where's he at? Keith Ebel, uh, can you watch, what did he say here? Can you watch the podcast, uh, from the Muster Room website? Um, he, he's on Twitch. uh, He's on Twitch. Okay. Uh, so he's wanting to know if you have a Twitch, if you, yeah. No, so we don't have Twitch. It doesn't get streamed live on the site. Um, you can, you can actually listen to it from the site. So there's, uh, there's built in, um, audio. So if you go to any of the episode uh, pages and you click it, you can listen to it right then and there. But if you want to watch the actual episode, we have, you know we use different camera angles. We also ask the guests to come every time they come in. So we, we do our show a little differently. We we have our guests actually come in live and we interview them face to face as opposed to doing it over the internet. Um, so we ask them to Fuck bring off. in. No, sorry, we ask them to bring in. Uh, actually, do you, do you mind if I show you something real quick? This is actually yeah, yeah, yeah. special. Yeah, let me see. Wait, so, hold on. Is it P? Is it PG or is it rated yeah. X? No, no, no. It's okay, PG. cool. Yeah, yeah, we're good. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a little sad. It's, it's a little sentimental. Oh, you fucker! You bring it Sorry. down. Yeah. That's cool. So, so Chara Lopez, no, Ari Lopez, the shirt that I'm wearing, the one I'm doing okay. 2012. We, like I said, we just interviewed her recently. So we started doing a segment, uh, part of the, the podcast, and we ask every single guest to bring in something that's sentimental to them. Something that they're willing to depart with, but it means something to them. Tell us the backstory on it, and we're going to create a living memorial. When we have our actual studio set up, which we're going to hopefully build in New York City, we're going to create a living memorial. And every single piece that we have is going to have a backstory to it. So when our guests come in, they're going to see all these amazing pieces of, of whatever strung up on the walls, on our desks. 
So I told this to Chara, like I did over all of our guests, and we get patches and coins and it was, you know, signs and hats. Like Matias Ferreira gave us a, the first ever hat that he wore that the day that he he went through the police academy. Uh, he passed the run for the second. He failed the run the first time, by the way, uh, when he was trying for the police academy. The second time he passed the run, he was wearing a relentless defender hat, and he gave us that hat. Oh, and nice. He, and he yeah. signed it for us. So it's, it's sentimental, right? So it's, it's a cool item to have. So I told Chara that, and Chara goes, she goes, I know the two perfect things I want to give to you. I said, okay. So, the so first you thing, two things. The okay. first thing she presents to us, but this is actually for Leo Weekend, too. It's kind of like a crossover. Let me show you guys. This is the proclamation from the governor of New York at the time, um, who was Andrew Cuomo, now disgraced Andrew Cuomo, um, officially making the bridge uh, from the Cross Island Parkway where uh, Artie was killed. He was killed just a, a few feet away from it, essentially. Um, renaming the bridge to the um, uh, what do you actually call it? It was called the oh the police officer Arthur Lopez Memorial Bridge, signed by the governor and then signed by the secretary of the governor. She uh, gave that to you. Yeah, Holy she gave it to us. Shit. So that'll forever Can you hold be. Hold it up and yeah. and let the camera get focused in on it a little bit. Yeah, yeah there you go. Oh my god. Dude. Oh, and it's the old the old pen style. Uh, what do yeah, they call that? Yeah. Uh, the the, yeah. the, the ink pen, feather pen, or whatever. The, yeah, yeah, like so, the quill style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's badass. So, so I can't that to that us, and we were like, holy shit, that, that's unbelievable. She then proceeds. She actually gave us three items. So that's, that's number one. The second thing she brings out is this. Oh, his fucking patrol hat. This is Artie's patrol hat. Damn. So he wasn't wearing this the day of because... Uh, Artie is a, he was like a, I guess we'll call it like a tactical officer, ESU. They don't wear this on patrol. They're, they're all tacked out SWAT gear. Um, but this is his hat. So, I mean, talk about sentimental. This is the hat that yeah. he wore on patrol. This is his yeah. fucking hat. And um, we're going to create a nice glass shadow box for this and that. And we're going to put it all together. We just got this the other day. So I still have it right here next to me. And then I don't have it with me. It's, it's uh, actually, it's, I do have it. It's over there. I'm not going to get it. After Artie died. Um, she is a, and he was a huge Lincoln Park fan. So oh, okay, they got an invite to go see Lincoln Park live and get and got backstage passes with a friend of hers, uh, just as a way to kind of say, you know, like we're sorry, you know, you just lost your loved one, and he served our country, you know, as a police officer. And um, Chester Bennington actually came up to her and had a conversation with her one on one, and. Uh, Chester goes, my dad and my brother are both police officers. I never knew that. But I bet you a lot of people didn't know that Chester Bennington. I didn't know that. His, his entire family are, are cops. I just learned that right now. Yeah. And Chester signed um, the backstage pass for her. And he gave it, gave it to her uh, you know, in, in memory of Artie. So that's something else that she gave us. And we're going we're gonna to hang that up on the wall. And then, as we, all, as we all know, Chester ended, you know, ended up killing himself. Um, yes. You know, from, suicide uh it was like two or three years ago now um, yeah at least so yeah so yeah maybe longer um and i'm a huge lincoln park fan myself i think a lot of us are so yeah. that was a that was a, another big thing that happened um another item that she gave us so um i don't know why i got into talking about this but uh the the podcast itself is just really sentimental so we have all this um that's a cool so for those of you you can't see, Keith just said this has been a really cool podcast. So I, Keith, I appreciate that for sure. Um, I know Eric. This is the does. first, bro. This is, this I know. I, 
I've been avoiding yeah. doing live be just because I'm nervous about dumb, you know, you know, just and it depends on, on what people are going to yes. come and say, but you know, yes. I'm sure you probably have ways of moderating but, it too. Yes. But um, because you're, you, you got a podcast and all that stuff, I trusted yeah, that this yeah. was going to go just fine. So yeah, so that, that's what we do. So we ask all, all these people to come in. So there is an, oh, the reason I brought that up is that there, there's a reason that we also film our podcast. It's because we're showing these really cool items that these uh these 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 guests are bringing in. Um, so no, you cannot watch the podcast on our website, but you can uh, listen to it um, via the website. I believe it's through either Apple Podcast or for through Spotify through the link um, right there off the website. And for those of you that want, that want to watch it, you could go to to uh, YouTube and just type in the Muster Room, and it pops right up. I think we only have like 50 subscribers so far. We've literally just started. But uh, if you guys don't mind subscribing, we'd appreciate it. And if anybody's in this room watching who is already a fan of the Muster Room and you're watching it because of the Muster Room yeah. or from Law Enforcement Officers Weekend, please like and subscribe to Two Cops, One Donut. Thank you. Um, I had to. So, oh, by the way, <laughs> just real quick story. <laughs> I told somebody I was going to be on your episode today. And they're okay. like, oh, cool. Send him the podcast. I was like, oh, it's called Two Cops, One Donut. And they're like, two cops, one donut. They were like, what is that about? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, sit, sit down. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, so, yeah. I was like, do you remember back in the day there was a there, there was two a girls uh, one cup? Yeah. And she was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like, no, ew. I was like, why would they? Why would they name their show that? I was like, because we're cops. I was like, that's why. Really to be funny. to be fair, to be honest, uh, and this is total transparency. That's our new police word of the the fucking millennia. So, um, full full transparency. Yes, I was fully aware of the two girls one cup thing, but not yeah. when I created the name. I am a big podcast guy. I love right. podcasts. So Joe Rogan's obviously. If you watch any of my YouTube phenomenal podcast, uh, phenomenal. Yes, if you watch any of my in studio podcasts that I do. I, I copied him. I did the same exact shit he did. Uh, yeah. Three camera angles and just go back and forth and like, you know, open conversation, long form discussion. Look, we're at two, two hours, four minutes already. And yeah. th- there's no signs of slowing down because it's just the natural progression of the other conversation. So that's what yeah. I like to yeah. do. Um, but uh, in doing that, I've found a bunch of podcasts. I like one of those is two bears, one cave. Oh, dude, we just became best friends. <laughs> yes. I, I, listen, I listen to it religiously. Yes. So I that's where that. I got the name from. Tom Segura and uh, Burt Kreischer. My two favorite comedians in the fucking world. Yes. The Machine. I love oh, him. So, oh, God. Yes. I love, uh, yes. Yeah. So I watch and listen to those guys all the time. I listen to your mom's house uh, with uh, uh, Tom and his wife. Also very okay. hilarious. Anyway. Uh, but I love Two Bears, One Cave. I listen to that so all funny. the time. It's, they're, they're just so, – a great comedic, comedic duo together. They're phenomenal. Oh, yes. So when I decided to name the podcast, I'm like sitting there. I'm like, well, what's out there? And I'm like, I'm looking. I'm like, two bears, one cave. How can I apply it to police? Uh, oh, two cops, one donut. Perfect. It, and it literally, I named the podcast when I started thinking of it within 10 seconds. I And it was that quick. No thought ever to two girls, one cup. And then. Really? I had already launched. And then my buddy was like, oh, that's funny, dude. Like two girls, one cuff. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah well, two bears, right. one cave is, is an extension also of, of uh, two girls, one cup. Yeah. So, so it, I was like, yeah. I, and I, I just never put two and two together because I'm an idiot. Right. Oh, and, man, uh, after that, I was like, fuck it. I don't care. 
Like if that's how, if you will understand my sense of humor, if that's where you're at and that's more than likely the people I'm going to draw in. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Keith. Uh, he said, uh, I just came to New York. <laughs> That's great. Um, oh, sorry. I was trying to get that off of there. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So, that's 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 how I came up with the name of the podcast, and uh, it's it's been going, been going. It's a great right. name. So, have you before the name of my podcast? Have you ever heard of? Well, you're military. You probably have. Of yeah, a muster the muster. Ring. Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. So, a lot of people who aren't military never have heard of a muster. They don't. Yeah, to muster. Yeah, but they they may have heard it in passing, but they don't know what it actually is. Um. So when we were toying around with the idea of what we were going to call the the show week in the NYPD, we call it it's a muster room. That's where we go. That's yeah. where our roll call is. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of other agencies don't don't call it that, right? It's the mm-hmm. roll call room or whatever roll the meeting room. room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, actually and, we call it the roll call room. Right. So uh, unless you're military, muster typically is not like a word that you would use commonly. Um, yeah. But we ended up coming up. We ended up sticking with that name because. You know, we, we we are attacking most first responders and and military to to, sh- to watch the show. So we figured to keep the name. Plus, we're we're trying to get um we're trying to get uh, sponsored by uh, Heinz or uh, you know uh, a spicy brown mustard or uh, Dijon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mustard mustard room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We actually we talk about it. One of the, we we do some mini episodes too. So we'll we'll bring on guests who aren't really related to mental health but even though kind of everything is you kind of spin it that way um but we'll bring on guests who may have nothing to do with like our typical show um and uh, one of the ones our first episode was a mini episode and uh we actually talked about why we call it the muster room and we we give a shout out to, to heinz or whatever haynes whoever the fuck their name is and tell them to come sponsor us send us free mustard yeah that's awesome we have a whiskey here called tx whiskey and it's actually right out of the city that i work for um and uh i have constantly because i drink tx whiskey religiously i love that Mm -hmm. stuff and i've tried to get them to you know you know how it is and now trying to get them to be a sponsor and all that not easy you know we we've been getting sponsors now for law enforcement officers weekend for um you know six years we do 16 and a half million facebook uh views Every three to four months. So who typically the muster room? No, law enforcement. Law enforcement. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and typically we get um, anywhere between two to six million views a month. And even with that, we still get a lot of pushback on trying to obtain sponsors and partners. So it's not easy. Yeah, um, I recently scored my um, newest sponsor. Congrats. Which uh, I appreciate it. Um, again, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't just let – I probably missed out on a couple sponsors because I'm like, you know what? I don't really care for what you have. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, real estate people are constantly trying to be sponsors. The real estate, uh, we get a lot, and we get a lot of um, uh, insurance or uh, lawyers. We tend to get a lot of that. Yeah, and I'm just like, no, that you you don't fit, and I'm 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 good. So, uh, I'm right now. Uh, actually, so tell I'm us just, how you got KY Jelly as a sponsor. Go ahead, tell us. Yeah, uh, so I was, I, you know, I was dried out, and my Jergens was out, and uh, 
<laughs> so, <laughs> no, um, I'm going to give my guys a shout out. Uh, listen, guys, if you like what got me tuned into these guys, agent security is one. There's another cop who follows the podcast and he posts these kept posting these videos of this security camera footage. And so I'm like, God damn, this dude's got a badass security system. Let me message him. You know, I was like, Hey, I'm using ring. I was like, but I, I can't stand it. Like it drives me insane. It doesn't read plates. It's um, always delayed. It doesn't catch shit like right when it happens. I was like, it, you know, it, it, it doesn't do what I wanted it to do. And I was like, what are you using? And then he's like, Oh, well, here's the videos. And he showed me some more videos of like, it actually zooming in on like a blade of grass and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, wow. this shit is, this is legit. How did you afford that as a cop? And he's like, look, agent, this is who, who I got it through. It's called agent security. And they will do like this officer program where they come in and they will set your place up for free. You just have to post twice a week. Hmm. Um, or I'm sorry, maybe it's twice a month on your social media that, this is your security system. This is what you're using. And they're going based off of the premise of people want what cops are using. If cops are using it, there's a reason for it. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's 100% legit. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm on board. This is cool. Uh, how do I get set up? So, you know, we're in the process of setting up my place. But just because I know the system itself is pretty legit. Uh, matter of fact, it's, it's beyond. It's like the... Like here's ring, you know, middle of the road. Maybe this is way up here. It's like it's, that, it's the two bears of one cave. Um, yeah. Yes. Version uh, of, of, of security systems. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Top um, of that. Yeah. And um, do your research, people. I would. If you follow me, you already know. I'm not going to bullshit you. Um, this is legit stuff. And uh, I was like, damn, dude. This, so this is before. This is nothing to do with sponsorship or anything. I was inquiring for my own self. I was like, all right, cool. So him and I get to talking. He's a police officer in a surrounding agency. And I'm like, dude, this shit, you know? And he's like, yeah, dude, she gets set up. So I was like, all right, cool. Let's get set up. So he's like, hey, I happen to know the owner. He's in Texas as well, out of Conroe, actually. I was like, all right, cool. So we get in contact. And I'm like, hey, if you ever want to do the, I'm telling this other officer, if you ever want to do the podcast, like, come on on, you know, we'll, we'll talk about what you do and, and, and do, I'm doing the basic stuff. Long story short, we end up getting into deep conversation. The owner gets involved and boom, sponsorship. And I find out the the company is owned by a Marine. He's he's a former Marine. All I've the people he hires, all the people he hires are either law enforcement, military, or some sort of first responder. I mean, I'm like, I, I was making a joke. I'm like, did you like the Chick-fil-A of freaking security <laughs> cameras? <and stuff?" laughs> so he doesn't work on Sundays. Yeah, right. So <laughs> if you guys are listening and if you're like, oh shit, maybe I should check into this stuff. Like, you know, I'm, I'm all about doing your own homework people. But if you decide to go with them, tell them two cops, one donut sent you, it will get you a discount, all that good junk. Um, and, uh, I, and if you tell the muscle room send you, you'll actually pay an extra seven percent. So definitely <laughs> use the uh, the two one donut uh, go to. Yeah, but he's trying to he's trying to move out past uh, the southern states. So um, I'll get him in contact with you yeah, and see if it. he can't. Yeah, see if he can't help actually, with the, the muscle room. We've turned down um, multiple uh, offers for sponsorships for for this season because we're already halfway through season one. Um, we're okay. only shooting one, one more. Uh, so what we do, the way we do it, we uh, will shoot um, three to five episodes in one day. 
will start at you know 9 a.m. for setup, and we may not leave the studio till 7 p.m. And we'll bring in you know multiple guests that day, and then we release it every Monday. So we're essentially almost done. We, we're doing probably one, maybe two more uh, video shoots at most, uh, and then we'll we'll be done with our with our full season one through mm, probably the end of August, early September. And then we'll probably start looking into gaining potential sponsors for season two. So that okay. now's the time. Very now's cool. the time to do it. Actually, if anybody wanted to to, to to actually jump on a sponsor, which you should, because we get tens of tens of views um, on, on the muster room. <laughs> That's um, what I you say definitely, too. Like, definitely want to spo- sponsor us. Yeah. So Very yeah, let cool. us know. Re- reach, reach out. Reach out okay. to us either on um, on uh, our website, on Instagram, social media, or uh, or most importantly, the one that we check the, the most would be our uh, OnlyFans page. <laughs> yeah that's where we get guys yeah. chubby guys and gun belts only that's right yeah. so okay. yeah especially if you got a feet thing but um <laughs> you, right so what's the what's the what's the next direction for the muster room uh season two um wow good question so there's a lot right we're um i fucking know yeah yeah i don't know uh i don't know what's gonna happen we we may shut down tomorrow but if we don't um, we're really trying to uh, create our own uh, podcasting studio uh, somewhere in New York City. Um, where I don't want to say who it is because it may not happen. I don't want to jinx it, but there's a major network who's shown interest in the show, and uh, they are a. I got to be careful with what I say. I They're a big law enforcement company. Uh, and they've shown interest because we've done some works on the side by side with them, and they saw what we we're able to bring in. Um, so if they get on board as a partner or a sponsor, I think we can actually make that happen. Nope, Keith, it's not five eleven, but I have a feeling a lot of people are going to think that's who it was. Now I just um, text you on uh, Messenger. You tell me. Uh close. Not well, them, but you're you're in the right direction. I, I consider these uh, yes. two the same. You got, yeah, yeah, the one I you just texted me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yep, yeah. So you're you're definitely a detective because uh, I was <laughs> right you hit the nail on the head on that one. So yes, yeah. it's them. Um, we're hopeful that we're going to create some type of partnership or sponsorship with them, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Um, okay. Well, you know, who knows? Uh, and then if that's if that's uh, if that's the case, then we'll take it from there. If yeah. not, we'll get hopefully we'll, we'll gain enough sponsors where we're able to create this studio. Like I said, with this living museum. And we want to fly in, uh, you know, guests from across the country who have some really fucking incredible stories. We've had people reach out to us from across the country, and I, I uh, know if I, I don't want you to take offense to this. Okay. I, I'm, I've never been a big fan of podcasts that do over the internet. But I'll be honest, this one is a hell of a lot better than ones that I've seen because, yes. like, we had the issues that we have. They lag, or there's that like you don't. Get Get that banter of that like interaction, but yes. this one is running has run so smoothly that I actually almost feel like I'm in the same room, room as you. But most yes. other podcasts aren't like this, so I'll give you the credit for that 100. percent Thank so, you, buddy. <laughs> no problem. So yeah. we we wanted to from day one we always said well we want to have our shows uh, quote unquote live with with the guests where we'll even pay I've paid out of pocket to put up people in hotels already. Um, so hopefully, you know, we're able to secure a studio and we're able to bring in these guests where we can have these really amazing conversations because we've already been reached out to by these people who have seen Paulie's episodes or seen 
in the, the episode where we had Detective Ron Thomas from the NYPD with E8, the, the Employee Assistance Unit, and his canine uh, partner, Piper. And their specific job is to help officers. They're one of the only canine teams in the country that are specific to law enforcement, PTSD, and mm-hmm. just crazy stuff, right? Just go watch the show. You'll see what I'm talking about. Um, and they've watched these shows and like, oh, hey, this is what I do. I want to be on the show and yada, yada, yada. We even had um, the retired engineer from an FDNA boat that had been decommissioned uh, a few years prior to 9-11. They were working on the boat for like a, essentially like a, a museum piece and uh, 9-11 happens and the boat gets put back into commission through the FDNY, but there were all civilians on the boat running the boat, pumping water to ground zero. So like that story alone is like this wild story and they're ferrying people across from New York to New Jersey you know, after essentially the world had ended down in, you know, in lower Manhattan. So all these crazy, crazy stories that we're trying to get out there and talk yeah. about the mental health aspect of it and all this other stuff. So that's, that's, you know, that's the main goal is, is to try to reach as many people as we can, but to do it in a really professional setting somewhere in New mm-hmm. York city or somewhere, you know, in the, in the metropolitan area where we could have our own studio and a room where we create this living, breathing museum where every single yeah. piece that's going to be on the wall and on the stanchions are going to have their backstories as to why this piece is there, why this important piece of whatever, even the smallest backstage pass from, from, from Chester Bennington up to the fucking hat of a, of a dead cop. Like, yeah. and everything in between, right? So so that, that's the goal. And uh, hopefully we're able to make it happen within the next uh, year or so. That's, that's what yeah. we're aiming for. You mean basically you don't want to stuff people in a tiny-ass man cave inside somebody's... Dude, you, but that, it looks awesome. <laughs> like, we, so... We, it takes us hours to, to set up and break down where we do it right now at yeah. um, Shields headquarters, right? Like, I'm not, I'm in my own fucking apartment right now. So, right. you know, I would love to have a space where I could just set up our own stuff, but we don't. We just don't, we just don't have that ability. So, um, hopefully, it comes to fruition, you know? Yeah. Uh, to tell you how nerdy I am, this is how my room looked. I just added this table. <laughs> It's perfect. That's how big of a dork I, mean, I am. Yeah. And, but but uh, what is that? Every podcast studio is like that. You have these just random shit like all over the the wall and and on the yeah. floor and I mean yeah, yeah, I mean it's perfect. I wanted mine to reflect my personality. I'm a nerd. I love Star Wars. I am so yeah, into so. Star Wars, and it's not yeah. it's not a that's not a fad for have me. Have you gone I, to Disney? Have you done that the whole Star Wars experience yet? Don't get me started, dude. My so uh, I want to I want to get you started. Let's hear it. We were supposed to go to Disney this year. My wife is – she's graduating nursing school in December. Um, so she's going to become a nurse. And, uh, oh, a cop and, and nursing and, together. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Well, to, I was just getting ready to say because I know you know that story, cops and nurses. My wife and I have been dating since seventh grade. Wow. Been, yeah. So wow. she's she's it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah, yeah. my Lord of the Rings, you know. Yeah, yeah. One girl to rule them all. Um, so been with her for, for that long. Um, wow. And uh, – she had never shown any interest in any like career. Like she, she just done these odd jobs here and there while she supported me doing what I did with a, you know, military. Uh, I was a cop in Michigan. Then I became a cop down in Texas. So she was there the whole time. And then one day she came to me and she's like, Hey, I want to think about being a nurse. I want to deliver babies and stuff like that. I was like, awesome. Like fucking go for yeah. it like i've yeah. you've Great supported job. me my whole career i'm yeah i'm in let's go and uh she's like yeah yeah, yeah. i was like yeah let's do it and she's like well, it's gonna be expensive i was like do whatever you gotta do so this girl hadn't touched school we're both um 39 she gets in at like 36 i guess it would be somewhere in there and uh 
she hadn't been to school since high school mm. and she goes in and kills it to the yeah. point where after like semester one she had full ride scholarship wow that's awesome yeah dude so we've paid barely anything out of pocket for her to go to school anyway she knew she was graduating in december she took the summer off knowing that she was not going to get a chance to take any family vacations right so she's like we're going all out this this summer because the kids are off and all that stuff so i was like all right where are we going she's like we're gonna go to disney and then we're gonna go to barbados mm. uh, or actually i think it was turks and caicos is where we were supposed to go i was like all right bet let's go <laughs> yeah, and man. uh yeah i'm in and uh my oldest who's 13 um was like i don't want to go to disney i'm too old for that i'm like what fuck you know and what i know from experience yeah i know i know from experience as a kid like you take a kid at a place they don't want to go you're gonna waste your fucking money and they're gonna bring you down so i was like you know what let's i I talked to my wife i was like let's figure something else out and uh we kind of came up with the idea together i was like you want to do split vacation this year you take the youngest she's 10 cambry and i'll take the oldest and we'll We'll do a family vacation, but we'll also do our own little split. And she's like, yeah, let's do that. So me and the oldest go to Montana and ride horses for like six days. Um, Amazing. And then her and the youngest go to Disney. And then we did a family vacation to Barbados. So we spent a shit ton of money to go on vacation, but we knew we weren't going to be able to go on vacation for a year or two anyway after that. So it was it was worth it. Um, but I'm going to put this in the most polite way possible. What's I'm going to fight you. I think I'm going to have to fight your daughter. <laughs> if she's saying that 13 years old, she's too old for Disney. I know. I'm going to have to fight I'm gonna have to I fight know. Her. Trust me. Because yeah. we've been Disney like hands. four times. And me being military, I get to go to Disney fairly inexpensive. So um, thank you. I love this <laughs> again. Again, you guys are worth my service. Uh, I, I love the. I signed up for the military for the Disney uh, discounts. So yeah, and you can't even use it because your thirteen year old daughter said no. I know, right? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to. We, all right, when I fly out to Texas, because I'm I think I'm gonna come to Texas uh, within the next like two to three months. Maybe. Uh, oh no! Shit. The end of this year, yeah, end of this year, beginning of next year, because yeah. we're gonna we're gonna start scouting out some areas for uh, Leo weekend. So we'll we'll meet up and we're gonna jump your daughter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck her up. She got it coming. Uh, yeah. 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 So, I do. Yeah. I can't tell you. My entire friends group, my wife, myself, we are Disney fanatics. We absolutely love Disney. I can't wait to go back. Um, yeah. We haven't gotten, of course, since COVID, but uh, we just fucking love it. And I'm, yeah. I'll be honest, I'm not a huge, huge Star Wars guy. I watch, I've seen them all, of course. Yeah. But even Fair. I want to go and go see. Yeah. And I want to spend ten thousand dollars to go live in that spaceship for two days or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, right? whatever crazy. ridiculous amount they want, <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Like something yes. crazy, but I want to do it. I'm, I want to yeah. do it. Hell yeah, um, yeah. So you guys, so, let's, go, let's do it together. Let's go to Disney. Let's do a podcast from Disney, dude. This it's funny. You Illegally, that. we probably can't do that, but let's do it anyway. Fuck them. I'll do what I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Set up a little- <laughs> the the owner of this new sponsor that's one of the things he wants to do he's like dude have you considered ever doing it like on the road and i'm like i don't have the capability he's like well what if it's i tough. flew he's like what if i flew you to the places that i'm i've got accounts set up because like i said most of the accounts he does is through law enforcement and then it spreads from there so yeah. i was like okay i'm down we're, because yeah, yeah we're, we're yeah. Do the same thing 
Let's go. Yeah. So, yeah, I we, think it'd be we, legit. Uh, we drive down each year to Miami for our Miami event. So Joe, our producer slash fellow cop, was like, hey, why don't we leave like a few days early? Instead of leaving, you know, two days before uh, we have to be down to Miami, why don't we leave five days early? Because we are on vacation anyway. He was like, why yeah. don't we drive? Because we do it every year. We drive from New York down to, to Miami. We do it in about a day and a half. It's not, it's not terrible. Um, it's about a, we do a 10 hour. We do for the first day is 10 hours. And the second day is like 12 hours. And, you know, we're going like 100, uh, except for Virginia, because uh, we all know what happens in Virginia. So <laughs> we, um, we want to um, – we want to stop off in multiple different uh, states and interview like one or two people per state. So that's uh, that would be like a really cool thing to do. And we thought, oh yeah, it's probably not possible. But um, I was like, why don't we like pull over to the side of the road and interview, do a podcast with a state trooper from each state? Yes, that'd probably not awesome. allowed. Probably not allowed. Yeah, because they're on duty. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, I just thought that'd be really cool. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm with yeah. you. I've had the same type of idea. Um, yeah, yeah. A little shout out to uh, the Blue Voice. Um, so to go in line with what you do, uh, Austin, the Blue Voice, um, he's got like nine, almost 100K followers, I think. Nice. Uh, but his whole thing is the same uh, PTSD with uh, he it will be a good resource for you. Um, so I'm giving him a shout out right here, even though he probably didn't ask for it. He will be able to get you all sorts of guests. And, and the stuff that you're oh, looking awesome. for. Blue Voice, hit me up. I'm gonna hit you up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out where you live. I'm gonna come hang out. We'll have a, you know, we'll have lunch together. Yeah. yeah. And um, let's, let's let's chat. I appreciate. He's it. He, he's a great dude. I mean, on a, on a personal level, I've talked to him. Like we've chatted on the phone and stuff. Like on a, on a personal yeah. level, he's a really good dude. So um, I that's great. Just send me a social security number. I'll take <laughs> the rest. Yeah, his, his credit score is not so good, but um, uh, yeah. Uh, and then obviously, I I told you I think Bruce Anderson would be a great one for you from yeah, from yeah, yeah. my crowdsourcing, and then my dad, his shooting dad. And, in the in the stuff. Yeah. Oh, episode five for me. If you want to okay, check, out, check that, it out, yeah, yeah. That's it. If you want to start with any the one with my dad, that was a good one. Um, okay, I'll check it out. What's he saying? O U eight twelve. Eight twelve. It's got to be some sort of hidden fucking message. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. I can't decipher. I can't. I'm trying to decipher. I, I can't. Don't know. Maybe that's his social security number. <laughs> Maybe. <He's, laughs> yeah. Oh, his social. He's laughing. Social. social. Oh, okay. So you had it. You, you, uh, you right. I know it was close. What a dummy. <laughs> he said, "Oh, you ate one." <laughs> Oh, that's what it is. We're idiots. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, with that being said, time for another uh, drink. Hold on one sec. All right, you go get your shit. I'm running low, folks. Uh, that's that's the end. <laughs> Charles, you fucker. Um, so if you are just jumping in, um, you are way late to the game. First live podcast ever for Two Cops, One Donut. Um, I have done many breakdowns, videos, stuff like that. But uh, I got on here with the Muster Room podcast, and uh, they just got kicked off. So Austin has the Muster Room podcast. We got kicked off. We started talking together, and I was like, hey, dude, use my platform. It ain't the biggest, but uh, I will help you get at least people from my crowd. And we started talking. And so that's what you're tuning into right now. If you just jumped in and this is literally first time I've ever gone live on a joint podcast. 
and we both were sitting there and he's like, you want to go live? I was like, are you sure like, you want to do that? And I was like, he's like, yeah, yeah. Cause he still works for his police department. I work for my police department. I was like, we just got to be careful what we say. And I think we've towed the edge, but we've stayed very good on what we've said. And I think yeah, it's I working out. I've been doing this now for like six years. I know what I can and can't say. Um, yeah. I may get close sometimes accidentally, of course, you know, I don't, I don't mean to do it. It's just, yeah. you, you get into these conversations and it's kind of just free flowing. I mean, you catch yourself. You're like, Oh shit. I probably should really be talking about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, for the most part, I think my department supports what I do and, and, uh, I'm said who I do, <laughs> what I do yeah. and, and who I work with. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they support who you do. Yeah. 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 It's all about your happiness. Um, you know, what I do or, or, or who I work with and, 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 and where we do, we do what we do. Um, so I think, you know, uh, yeah, I can't wait till I'm retired. Um, internal affairs. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I definitely, I know, I know for a fact internal affairs follows me on all my accounts, yeah. but it's okay. I'm, I'm, I cannot wait. My chief, this was the scary part one day. I went to an award ceremony, not for me, but, um, went to this award ceremony and, uh, the chief and the assistant chief were both there and, um, you know, shaking hands with them. Uh, hey guys, you know, the dude, it, it, both of them love the podcast, love where it's going. You're doing great. And I'm like, Oh shit. And yeah, I'm like, awesome. I didn't even know that, you. That means a lot. Yeah. I didn't know you were aware of it for one. So that yeah. made me nervous. And so me naturally, I'm like, if you ever want to be on, um, the assistant chief was more of a, uh, nah, you know, he's like, hey, that's, that's okay. You know, but the chief was like, yeah, I'll be on. Yeah. Just we'll get it set up. And I'm like, Oh shit. That's awesome. <laughs> Once the chief's on, like, that's it. Like as yeah, long as yeah, I don't do good. anything dumb, like I'm good to yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. You're good so, to go. Yeah. The, um, I don't know what it looks like with you guys, um, with your department, but are you, do you have anything in writing if you're allowed to interact with a known felon? No, no, not like at all. If you, I, wanted, if you wanted to befriend somebody who had been arrested prior and was a felon, would you be allowed to do that? Oh, absolutely. That, I told you that guy that I had or that was wrongly convicted, he was still a felon. Yeah. Okay. So, so we can't. So within my department, uh, we oh. actually have guidelines where you cannot interact uh, in most, most ways, shapes, or form with anyone who had been convicted of a felony. Um, you know, you can't. You can't have known associations with a criminal, essentially. Uh, even somebody okay. with misdemeanors, right? So you got to be really careful. How are you so, supposed to mend fences and bridges and fix? Not off duty. Not off duty, right? They don't want you having friendships with people who were criminals. I which mean, it's I can't necessarily a friendship, but I and I, I'm sure a lot of departments are that way. But I've never. Maybe it's a rule, so, and I don't know. But yeah, I've never it, it, heard right? that. So. After we released a podcast last week, I had somebody reached out to me who, who uh, you know, they follow me on TikTok, and they are a prior felon who has since been, um, I guess we'll say, uh, uh, reformed. Nice. And what they yeah. what they do now is um, they work with different law enforcement agencies, and they do anti bullying campaigns, and they talk oh, nice. about PTSD and yeah. uh, addiction. So he was like, "I would love to be on your podcast." And talk yeah. about my time in prison and talk about how I ended up there in the first place and how I've reformed and how now I do all this good stuff for the community. Yeah. And I said, fuck. I said, I would love to do that. Two of us are active law enforcement officers on the podcast. I don't know if we can do that. So I reached out to, to our legal bureau within the department, gave them a whole breakdown of what we do and who I, who I am. And they already know who I am through my other organizations. And I said, this is what I want to do. 
Yeah, yeah. And um, I gave him a whole breakdown of, 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 of what we want to do and how we want to have this, you know, ex-con come on the podcast. And uh, they sent, they wrote me an email back actually yesterday. And they said, uh, they, they broke it down, essentially saying, as long as I keep it as a professional relationship and it doesn't go anything further past the podcast, meaning I can't like go out to lunch with this guy. You know, yeah, afterwards. you're not going to have a beer and all that shit. Right, right. Yeah, we're not gonna, I'm, I'm not going to hang yeah. out. I'm not inviting him to my home. Um, then, you know, yes, you could do it. So I'm actually really excited because I would, I've always said, I want to, I want to pick the brain of somebody who's been incarcerated for not like a bullshit arrest. I want to pick the brain of somebody who was like a true diehard felon. Yes. Somebody who said, fuck the system, you know, fuck the world, fuck society. I'm going to fucking do whatever I want. I'm going to kill somebody. I'm going to sell drugs. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to survive in this world. And I want to, I want to know like. I'm, I'm just fascinated with like, how'd you end up there in the first place? And what was your childhood like? Uh, why did you do what you do? Like, do you regret it? Was it something that you would do? I just, I, I, I just love it. I love the psychology behind it. I'm terrible at psychology. I failed like a hundred times in, in college. But, <laughs> right. You know, so, so I'm really ex- excited and looking forward to this podcast with him. It's probably going to be season two if I had to guess, but um, okay. I think that, that should be such an interesting show. Yeah. And, and, and to go from like, one of my from favorite. that to, yeah. So, so like, and that, now how like he completely changed his life, and now he's working with with law enforcement. Like he went from hating cops and being behind bars because of these people to now working with them and doing all these yes. like PTSD and suicide awareness and, and drug prevention. Like I just think that's such a cool like story. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh that. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That was one of the. That's one of the hardest things I've been able to or, or haven't been able to do with this show. Um, and, and I, a matter of fact, I had a podcast earlier today and we had this discussion. I said, I, I've really wanted the anti-police person on here. I yeah. really tried to get, I actually had a troll hit up my, um, Facebook group, uh, and just, it was a black Panther thing. And, you know, there's a lot of law enforcement guys on there and, and girls and, uh, not trying to be sexist or anything like that, but, uh, and they got on there and they said their anti-police thing. And, you know, all these cops jumped them. And I'm like, they're like, take them off, like get them out of here. I'm like, no, like you're, that's not the purpose of this podcast. I'm not trying to stifle their First Amendment right on here because you don't like what they said. I, how are we going to fix anything? The point is to figure out why they feel that way. Yeah. Come on, come on. And I, I sent them a private message and even call them out. I said, hey, hey, like. I'm with you. Like, I want to know why you feel that way. This is mm-hmm. how we fix things. Tell me how we got to that point. And I don't get anything. I don't, I, I typically have not gotten any feedback from some of the, and, you know, they're coming on the troll. Yeah. But the other right. thing I don't get is they don't continue. So mm-hmm. something I'm saying is working. Yeah. Something I'm saying is working because they don't continue to troll. I've lost a lot of high school friends uh, because of it, because of me being a police officer. Um, I've had some who I've known my entire life and mm-hmm. during this whole defund movement out of nowhere, just calling me racist. I'm like, what? Like, you know me? Like, we, yeah. we were like good friends in high school. Like, what do you yeah. mean I'm racist? You're like, I'm Jewish. I'm like, yeah. Like there's a, they're calling me like, a, like <laughs> I'm already, I'm already an endangered like, species, sir. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe did you forget that the same people that are, that were marching through wherever the fuck it was with the pitchforks don't, want just blacks that they also want jews dead too yeah like i'm in the same category dude like do you remember yeah. the holocaust like that shit's still real right so i don't know whatever 
so they were they call me racist. A lot of them defriended me on, on social media. And all I would do on social media, you could go back and look at all my Facebook posts. You could look at my, my uh, Instagram you know, posts. I never antagonized anybody. All I did was, was send out information regarding statistics. Mm. BLM and the far-leaning left and all those who are anti-law enforcement hate statistics. When you actually bring numbers into the, into the argument and you say, whatever you're saying, prove it. Show me the numbers. And they can't. Yep. And yep. they go, oh, you, you can't? Well, I, let me show you all of the number of uh, you know, law enforcement you know, related deaths, right? And then yeah. let's say you start with 150 in the entire country, right? and you start breaking it down. Out of 150, 146 were because they you know had a weapon. And then you break down the, the additional four, and then you start doing all these statistical you know uh, conversations with them, and they just can't handle it. Um, yeah. So uh, I've lost a lot of friends from that, but I there are still I still have some friends who originally were posting all the BLM bullshit on their pages. They were posting the black boxes on their instagram um whatever they were doing where i'm still friends with them you know i never deleted anybody off my page they just deleted me so one of these days i would love to bring one of them on the podcast because yeah at least we have that friendship where i still think that you know neither of us would actually try to harm one another physically or, or not, of course not physically you know uh, uh mentally yeah. i think we'd be able to have that adult conversation as to you know why are we posting those things mm-hmm. And I have a buddy, excuse me, perfect. I have a buddy who is a, um, he's about to graduate with his uh, doctorate degree uh, in Florida. And uh, he's doing like criminal and clinical psychology. And there's, there's something called um, uh, virtual signaling, where essentially what it means. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So essentially, for those of you who don't know what it is, um, you try to prove yourself in the eyes of others by posting a Facebook post or putting up that black box on Instagram saying, hey, look at me. Yeah. I'm doing something really good. But really, you don't know what the fuck you're even talking about. And that's really what the whole BLM movement was with all these people who didn't even know what the BLM movement was, was for. But they felt like it was, it was, it was the, the cool thing to do. Yeah. And they don't realize cops got killed because of it. Yep. Five cops in Dallas got murdered because of the BLM movement. And yeah. how many cops since then? That was what, 2020? 2019? No, maybe even, it might have even been before that, right? Twenty maybe even twenty eighteen? Twenty seventeen? It felt like it was like yeah. it was like so recent, but it actually been longer. Five yeah. cops got murdered in, in murdered in Dallas. And since then, how many cops have been murdered because of the BLM movement? Because of the defund the police movement. Yeah. I don't they, nobody realized the damage that they were doing. Until now, it's too late, and now you finally have cities that are, you know, far leaning left that are going, "Oh fuck, yeah. yeah, we fucked up, yeah, we messed up." And you know, yep. all these companies, you know, Major League Baseball, the NFL, Pepsi Cola, um, well, there's one company who's still sticking to their guns. Who I'm gonna, I'm gonna share. I'm gonna catch it on the company real quick on your podcast. Am I allowed to do that? Fine with me. I'm not the one saying it. You're saying it. Fuck Ben and Jerry's. So oh, Ben and Jerry's. For those of you who don't know. I mean, those guys seriously hate law enforcement, and they have—they've created flavors, the defund flavor, and all these other flavors. That yeah, look it up, Google it right now. You'll see it. Where I had no idea. Are, yep, Ben and Jerry's is pushing a significant amount of money and a completely false narrative uh, towards the BLM defund movement. So fuck Ben and Jerry's. Uh, 
Um, okay. They, yeah. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, look it up. Google it right now. You'll I see. It's, I, it's I don't, I don't need ice cream, so well, I do eat oh, ice cream. Okay. Honest, I I mean, Texas, in Texas, we have Bluebell. Okay. And Bluebell is like that state ice cream. Like, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. And, 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 so yeah. I used to love the New Jersey <laughs> phenomenal flavors, but once I learned of, of all the stuff that they were doing and they were publicly doing it, openly doing it, and posting all this crazy shit on their social media pages. Yeah. And they're still doing it. They're yeah. still doing it. Even after everything that they've been talking about is, is proven to be completely false. Yeah. Like they're still pushing yeah. this narrative. We have a, a program out here um, called Be the Change. And it's, it's pretty good, pretty good narrative, pretty good movement. Um, I'm, I'm behind it. And it's basically like, be the change you want to see. That's the basic message. Like if you, if you do have a problem with law enforcement and you want to see it turn into something different, whatever it is that you have a problem with, be that change, come in, help make a difference. And that program alone, that message in my, like, it, it's no different than telling somebody come do a ride out. Like that's the yeah. ultimate fix. I think for a lot of things, um, you've got this, you know, I'm never going to go to a, somebody that is a, a pickle factory worker and be like, you guys are fucking up. You guys are doing this stuff wrong, blah, 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 blah. Not without going to the pickle factory. Let me see what you yeah. do. Hey, like, like why, why are the jars so hard to open? I need to understand. Like, <laughs> show me right, right, right. what the deal is. So uh, the ride along, that's the same premise. Like, yes, you can complain about police work, but come out and at least see it firsthand, ask questions, and then have some sort of a educated um, opinion on how it goes and they'll never do it though yeah for the most part yeah, yeah. they don't, they don't so, want it. they don't want to be not, they don't want to be proven wrong no and they're stuck they're stuck in the worries, so how typically long are your podcasts so we'll we'll shoot an episode maybe about an hour and 15 and you have to remember they're pretty strict because we have other guests that are following up afterwards or they're right. sitting in the same room as us so they're, they're literally on the couch behind us waiting so we'll oh, do about an hour. okay We'll do like an hour and 15 to maybe an hour and a half tops. And then we, we uh, edit it down to about an hour uh, or so. Okay. Um, it's never been two hours and 45 minutes long. But that's, but you know, this, we've, this is a great conversation. we've done nothing but talk straight either. You know what I mean? We're just, yeah, we're just bullshitting with one another. Yeah, yeah. That's why oh. I try to tell people, I'm like, I'm not, I can't edit. I can't yeah. because yeah. it's too, if it's fluid, it's fluid. I, I figure out when the natural progression like when it's time to end it i'm like right cool yeah. we're done and it just you just kind of feel it out but yeah. i was just curious because i i didn't know how long you plan to make each episode so you're trying to stay in yeah. the hour window hour and so half. joe again joe really bases everything off analytics and um for the most part most most podcasts are between 45 minutes to like an hour and 20 um yeah. and i guess it's proven that that's what the most where people will typically listen yeah, uh, I know you were telling no, me well, what what your, what your guests do, or what your listeners do is probably a little bit different than most. Is that they'll actually listen to like you know a half hour, then they go to work, they listen to another twenty five minutes on the way home, and like so, yeah, they're essentially listening to to your show could take them a full week to listen to one show. Yes, but you know that actually could probably benefit in your favor because by the time they finish with one show, the next show is now released. Yes, and, exactly. And they go right into the next one. So for us, yep. they listen to one show and they have to wait another five days before the next yeah. shows get released yeah so if you're pro you're probably doing it the right way we're probably the ones that are fucking it up yeah it, it just it's just the feedback i've got from people that listen um and as far as the analytics show is just people they they download it and then they just pick it they pick at it you know and they'll listen to it saying i don't know that any of my episodes are completely finished ever that probably doesn't happen a whole lot but uh they sure as shit 
Um, oh, uh, the Blue Voice posted the date of the, the shooting. Oh, no, Keith did. July 7th, 2016. That's when the five were shot in Dallas. I lost volume on you. Yeah, you're not. I don't hear shit. How do we lose volume on you all of a sudden? <laughs> we might have to end it right now. He fucked it up. You did something. Too many, too many crown and cokes. So we, the fact that we almost made it three hours without having any errors, if you would have seen all the shit that we did together to get, to get this episode going, because we had a lot of trial and error. So I'm just curious what he, he's given me the hold on a second. So if you're just listening to this, I'm not sure what he, he screwed up, but. Uh oh, I hear ambient noises. Okay, can you hear me? Yep, you're back. Right. What did you, you do? So I was getting really bad feedback from you, and it was the uh, the wires. I heard it got bad crackling. So I had ah. to I had to take it out and put it back in. Then I forgot to change the settings back to Yeti Nano. <laughs> so we are good. So we are back. So we're gonna make it to that three hour mark. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the blue voice said, "Austin, send me a link to your podcast." Or YouTube, and I'll post it to my page. Um, it's funny you say that, Blue Voice. We don't need to uh, do that because I will show it to you right now, sir. I've got his stuff pulled up. So um, here is the Muster Room's uh, YouTube page. Um, matter of fact, I will copy it and paste it into the chat. So... Uh, there you go on that. And then here is the podcast itself, the page, and you've got that. So go ahead, uh, Blue Voice, and share that up. Please. I will take Truly that down there. Hey, man. All one. Uh-oh, what is that saying? Oops, something went wrong. Oh, he said he got it. Did it not send the... Let me try it one more time. I don't think it. There we go. The muster room. For whatever reason, it's not posting to Facebook. It will. There it goes. Boom. Okay. So now you've got the the muster room actual web page. Awesome. So. Well, brother, I think we're at the three hour mark. Just about. Almost. Almost there. Yeah. I think we've hit it pretty good. Is there anything else that you? Got to get off your chest. Anything else you can think that we no, didn't cover? No, uh, I don't think so. I think we 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 spoke a good amount. Um, and this was a pleasure, man. This was a he said 12, he said twelve I minutes. Think want us to, I think they want you know what? Let's just do it. You want to just right, you want to go we down? Yeah. Let's go three let's hours. Do yeah, let's do it. Let's we can do hours. it. All right, we yeah. can do it. We got the gift of gab. So yeah, oh, we certainly do. Um, what I want to know about is Eric Potts. Okay, so he was prior law enforcement. So Eric did 25 years uh, as a police officer and a detective, and he did six years as a police officer in the military. So he did 31 okay. years of law enforcement um, uh, in Jersey. He then retires, becomes a, a comedian. He's a very funny guy. Becomes a comedian, starts like traveling the country as a comedian with a bunch of other guys. Um, some of them are really well known, actually, that he was like opening up for. And you know, some of his jokes, of course, were law enforcement related. Yeah. And, uh, and then he, uh, we got—I don't know how we we got in contact with one another. I, I don't. 
whatever we, we just did we found each other somehow and he reached out and said hey he wants to you know do a show for us and uh, he did and then we brought him up to lake george for for a few days and he did some shows there during our weekend and um he he's got a phenomenal radio voice so he he does a lot of voiceovers um, oh okay and uh he's he's just a good dude and a great great co-host to have and like i said he's he's um he was a critical incident stress management peer support member for his department, and he went out to all these different critical incidents, you know, throughout the New Jersey area. So he, he's really involved in the uh, mental health aspect of law enforcement, even though he's still he's retired, but he's still fully involved. And uh, he's a great co-host. He's yeah, he's a, he's just a just a good dude. Can't can't say enough good things about him. That's awesome. I'm uh so I'm about to have Chad Prather on now. He's a Texas comedian. Mm-hmm. Um and he actually ran for governor here in Texas. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. Uh I mean like like seriously ran. Like he he put he he put a lot of people on their heads because of the stuff he was saying. Like very yeah. controversial. Uh not controversial to me, like as far as like, you know, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? It wasn't that type of thing. It was just um he's very right wing. Like that's his, that's his thing. And, um, you know, that he says what, you know, he's got that, that, um, the thing comedians can get away with that you and I can't, we can't truly say what we think, what we feel right. just because of the nature of our job. Yeah. Um, but he's got that freedom and he just says whatever the fuck he wants. And Joe Rogan, that's another reason I love Joe Rogan. He does the same thing. Says whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. Dave Chappelle. Comedians have that freedom because of their own boss and they can say Somewhat. whatever they want. They've lost yeah. a lot of Yeah. But you have the one the, the ones that are considered great are the ones that don't give a shit and keep yeah. pushing through yeah. it. Yeah. Bill Bird, Dave Chappelle, Joe Rogan, uh uh Chad Prather. You know, you got all these guys that they don't give a shit. They're gonna keep saying what they want to say and some get sunk, but some rise to the top. And those yeah. are the ones that just keep rising to the top because they, I think, because they stick to what they say. They don't backtrack. They don't try to make excuses. They're like, no, that's how I feel. I'm going to say it. And this is my first memory. Cancel and silence Chappelle so many times. You're not going to cancel Chappelle. No, you can't. He's fucking good. Greatest comedian good. In, the, yeah. in the fucking world. Yeah, he's too good. And and just because it's it's comedy, just because they say it doesn't mean they mean it, doesn't mean they believe in it. It's to get a laugh, right? If it works, right. it works. If it doesn't, it didn't work, and they move on. They try new stuff, but the stuff that the minority is getting pissed off about, the majority are laughing at. Yeah, yeah. So I was actually asked to run for state assembly here in New York, uh, very recently. State assembly. Um. So New York has. Uh, the you know legislative branch, um, they have a state um, uh, you know, Congress, congressional mm-hmm. members, and then they and then they have assembly members. Okay. So it, it's just a branch of government. Um, and I was asked to run very very recently. I won't get too too much into it, but it was an honor to to, to be considered and asked. And uh, you know I very very much considered it. Um, ended up turning it down. Uh, you know right before I had to make my final decision, but. Uh, you never know. Yeah. Maybe two years. Maybe it might yeah. be my right time. But um, you're going to start seeing. You already are a lot of prior military and law enforcement members who probably would have never thought about going into government beforehand have yeah. now said, you know, well, someone's got to stick up for for us, and yep. no one else is doing it, so it's going to be me. 
And, yep. uh, you know, I, I hope that come November uh, you're going to see a lot of um, level-headed people get elected mm-hmm. into government, whether it's both Republican or Democrat. You know, yep. I, I don't. you can't be too far right. You can't be too far left. You got to meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, our country has gotten so far away from that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. hopefully, you know, yep. we get That's a lot why of I really like, uh, who's the, who's the lady out of Hawaii? Um, damn, I can't think of her name. She ran for Tulsi Gabbard. That Tulsi Gabbard. Okay. That lady. Like that's the definition of me. She's she's she ran Democrat, but she talked at CPAC. Like she's willing to like she you know what I mean. Like she's yeah. talking at a Republican event because she she understands. Like yeah yeah. Look, just because we're we have different opinions on things doesn't mean we can't get together and come up with some common good. So I think that's the, the, that's the problem the, is the the, the lo- lobbyists and big government uh, excuse me big companies run the country. Yep. It's not the politicians. And yeah. it's whatever these companies want, they get. They mm-hmm. want the divisiveness. They want the divide. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the way it's going to be until you get enough people in power who don't care for that. Yep. Who aren't, who aren't influenced. Yeah. Whether I, I don't know. But I, And this is full disclosure on my part, which is it, – for one, it's political suicide. If I ever wanted to do politics, which I don't, um, and two, it's it could be career uh, suicide because I fully intend, even as a when I got into police work, I want I want to be a chief or a sheriff or something because I want to affect change. Yeah. And I've taken that path to do those things, and this is part of the podcast thing. Is like it's, it's another thing, but however. If you're going to take me, you're going to have to take me for the personality type I have as well. I swear. I like to have a drink. I like to, to bullshit back and forth. I have a, a sense of humor, dark sense of humor, however it goes. Um, but, uh, I, hey, we got a troll on right now. That's fine. I'll do it. Cops, I'm going to share your words, sir. R. Cops are a cab. Uh, R. Liars. liars. Oh, I didn't there see that one. He also thinks Bitcoin's a scam. I actually have a good amount of money invested into cryptocurrency. Do you? I did not get into Bitcoin because Bitcoin. Uh, I had a little bit. Me. I got a little bit of Bitcoin, <laughs> but I have yeah. um, I have a good amount in a bunch of other uh, cryptos. I think yeah. crypto is certainly the future. Uh, same thing with the metaverse. Um, within the next ten years or so, yeah. and I've been saying that since day one. I've been involved in crypto since 2017, so yeah. I've been. Three I have Dogecoin. You have Doge, I got Dogecoin. So I got I got into yeah. Doge when it was two and a half cents. I um, I got into it when it was point zero zero something. Oh, good for you, dude! I just dropped 150 bucks and just left it. That was it. Good. You made a good <laughs> so, amount. Of money. But uh, to get back on point, Bitcoin is a scam. If you're still listening. I fully welcome you to be on my podcast. We'll discuss whatever issues you have with police work and let's see if we can't fix things, make things better. Yeah. Um, and that's me. No bullshit. Like if you genuinely want to be in message me and uh, we'll, we'll talk it out, man. Um, we don't have to agree, but at a bare minimum, you can at least tell other cops why you feel the way you do. And maybe they can avoid uh, following that path later on down the line. So uh, sorry, you feel that way, bud. But um the point of the podcast is to fix things. So I 
fully support you to get on here and say cops are liars. Like, if that's how you feel, man. What's up, buddy? All right. What's your favorite type of bread? Sourdough. Mm, good choice. Yeah. Okay. Hands down. All right. Um, favorite dessert? Uh, ooh, pumpkin pie and tiramisu. It's Thai. Really? Yeah. I, I'm a big Italian family, but big pumpkin junkie. <laughs> Can I be honest with you? Hate tiramisu. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. You know, I'm not a big coffee guy, so that's that's why. Yeah. 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 Yankee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not sure what that has to do with anything. <laughs> um. I so I'm a I'm a creme brulee guy though. Love creme okay. brulee. Yeah, yeah. I'm but, not I'm not a sweets guy. Period. Oh, but I, I've had creme brulee. It's, it's it's good. I don't know if you, I don't know if you can tell. I know I'm very much in shape and I'm super skinny. Um, but I love my. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Love yeah. my desserts. Love my pizzas. Love my bagels. Pizza is my kryptonite. I don't care what type of diet I'm on, and if I had just ate, if somebody brings a fresh pie by me, I'm eating that shit. Have you been to New York? Yeah. So you've had like real, real pizza. pizza. Yeah. Yes. yes. How's the pizza in Houston? Or sorry, Houston in uh, Texas. Uh we've got a lot of Albanians down here that have opened up some pizza joints, and they're legit. So they came from New York, and essentially, yes. So yeah, here's, yeah, yeah. Here's my philosophy. I think it's actually been proven already. Um, I. The, the the bread in general, right? Pizza, bagels, etc. Muffins. The reason that they're so good in New York is water more than anything. Yeah, they're oh, probably sure. making it, but so I, unless they're shipping water from New York, which actually happens, there are companies that do that to uh, mm-hmm. different parts of the country to make you know beat pizza bagels. You're never going to get that same type of quality. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. Yeah, I think the water is a big part of that. Um, the minerals that are in it. Yeah, definitely make a big difference on on the pizza, the the mozzarella, where they get the mozzarella from. That's a that's a big deal too. Next time you come to New York, <laughs> I'm gonna take you to um, I'm taking you to the Bronx, and we're gonna go to uh, Little Italy in the in the Bronx. Okay, hell um, yeah, good fellas, let's yeah, go. <laughs> the, the old school costume, yeah, costume mozzarella. I gotta talk like this yeah. everywhere I go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> These prosciutto with, with with the fresh mutts and and the balsamic glaze and yeah boy rock your world man it's they're unbelievable yeah. Italians yeah so yeah you, if I don't know if I fit your podcast mode but yeah definitely come down and uh, come down yeah. hang out you'll be on you'll be on not my podcast but we'll get you on the uh, the only thing yeah 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 definitely I yeah. could lose my shirt in a second yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd be very pasty white, but that's okay. Wear your sunglasses, ladies. We'll use you as uh, a back. Or guys, whatever. But hey, yeah. bro, we hit we hit three hours in one minute. We made it. We did it. So we done did it. Well, we, done, we done did good. We did. We done did good. I'm gonna give right here because um, we're gonna end it. Uh, the Mustard Room Podcast. I've got the YouTube channel up right now. So you can check it out there. Um, we also have, don't forget about Law Enforcement Weekend. Uh, yeah, please. The, Again, if you guys are Mets fans or just want to come and hang out for the day, we've got tickets still available for the game August 27th. It's Law Enforcement Appreciation Night hosted by us. We're throwing out the first pitch. We're also going to um, – we're taking over Coca-Cola Corner uh, at City Field. Uh, 120 bucks gets you the ticket. It's also Old Timers Day. Um 
we have t-shirts and hats and all that's included with, with your ticket. So it's going to be a great time, August 27th. Go to the website. And, of course, we have our big uh, Miami event this coming October. Only a few hotel rooms are left, October 7th to 10. And lastly, we have our annual motorcycle ride. So nice. that's also in October. It's called the Ride for Remembrance. We ride throughout Long Island. So if you're a motorcycle guy, come on out. It's like 20 or 30 bucks. comes with both breakfast and lunch. And we go for a really fun ride. And then afterwards, there's usually music and raffles and a bunch of stuff. So, Very cool. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to get more involved, sir. Um, like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add you all to my, um, my sponsors and charities page. Uh, so I will get the LEO weekend on there. And then, um, yeah, if I can help out any other way. But other than that, brother, man, I appreciate you being on. Hey, man, listen, I appreciate you, you know, reaching out and asking to do this. Because like I said, I told you this uh, the other day. I had been following – Two cops, one donut. I think almost from the very beginning. I don't know how I stumbled upon you or okay. your page originally. Um, how you've been doing this? What for now? What like two years? No, no, no. I've only been a year and a few months. Okay, yeah, I so, started April twenty seventh of last year. So, so I, I probably stumbled upon your page May of of last year. Like you were super okay. brand new, and um, I had just been following you and watching some of the shows and uh, just. As luck would have it, you and I are our our face cross paths, which we, I knew they would because I mean our yeah. community as a whole, the law enforcement community, the podcasting community, the social media community is super small. Um, and you know when you said, "Hey, I want to have you on the show," yeah. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like I'm kind of kind of waiting for yeah. this, you know. And yeah. um, I was super I was super excited when you asked me to, to come on. Yeah, man, I was like, I, I as soon as you said that you were coming out because I. I don't know how I got tagged into the muster room itself, but I saw the maybe you had posted it on your personal stuff. I have, yeah. And I was like, "Oh shit, what's this?" So I look at it, and I, I, I'm, I think that's one of the ways that I've stayed that I keep growing is because I actually invest my time into looking at my members. Like I'm yeah. like, "Hey, what are they yeah. got?" I, I look through my Facebook feeds, and I see what y'all are posting, and I it's fun for me. I like what y'all post, so yeah. I'm reading through it, and I'm like, the Muster Room podcast. What the fuck's that? So I click on it. I'm like, oh shit, this is legit. Let's go. And yeah. then you went. You said you went live, and I I looked. I was like, dude, we gotta let's get your stuff out there. This is yeah. great. Yeah. So right away, I was like, I'm I'm on board. And then then you started telling me about the LEO weekend and all that stuff. So I was like, well, fuck, we got a dual we got a dual thing here. So yeah, it's no, gonna be a good this is awesome. It was it was meant to be. So I'm glad we did this live. Uh, Seems like it was a hit. Everybody seems to like so. it so far. I think we got some pretty pretty good feedback. Yeah, I mean, we didn't kill it in views by any means. We got in the tens, so. <laughs> but that's all right. I ain't complaining, man. It's better than nobody. So yeah, hey, somebody uh, wanted to hear what we were saying. Ten of them, all ten yeah. of them. Look at this fucking guy, fucking Keith. Let's go four, four hours. hours. No, bro. I let's do it. <laughs> I gotta go get some Fuck. more. I'm hungry. I want to go eat something. Go eat. <laughs> but all right, bud. I appreciate you, and thanks for being on, man. I appreciate it, man. And uh, a lot more to come from both of us, for sure. Absolutely. Right, be safe, man. Be good. <laughs>